Due to the adult subject matter of the following program, some listeners may find the content offensive, outrageous, or unsuitable. You know, like religious freaks, uptight losers, or little wussy mama's boys. Please listen responsibly. You're listening to The Vocal Minority with Nick Reynolds and Steve Harness. <laughs> mm. Hot. How much time? You're on. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. That is good. You're on the air. How are you? You look awfully nice today. Maybe don't wear a bra next time. How much time until we're on? What? We're on the air right now. I'm ready. Are you ready? Hi, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to uh, episode number two of Three. What? Are you? Oh, yeah. We're going to split the first one. We yes. split the first one. It was too long. Episode <laughs> yeah. three, Vocal Minority 2.0, 2022 edition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've returned somehow, some way, and we're going to keep this uh, boat riding forward. Train <laughs> yeah. rolls on, et cetera. Uh, yeah, the first episode back, gentlemen, we did, uh, I, I know we were trying to do two hours and we ended up doing five hours. So we're going to split that into a two-part episode. Yeah, we had to do that five hours, dude. And I didn't even, I, I don't think any of us felt like stopping at the five. I mean, we could have kept oh, going. It no, was just getting late. We could have, for sure. It was getting late and I was starving. But um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, we hadn't done this show in 16 years. For those of you that missed the first two episodes, you should definitely go listen to them. But, uh, you know, we did this radio talk show on regular old radio for years and we're back. And our first show back was uh, recapping everything that happened since the last show 16 years ago. And holy flirting <clears throat> schnit, did we cover some topics? Turns out 16 years is a long ass time. Is it for everyone? I mean, it, it is, I guess, but so much happened to all of us. <laughs> yeah, 16, 16 years, years is a lot of time, dude. How many, uh, how many days is 16 years, broski? On the fly. On, on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, ten, so so ten years would be three thousand six hundred fifty. <laughs> That's, That's better than I could have done. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so um, cut another half of that, and so, another, <laughs> so it's like fi- five thousand. Fucking time, like fifty yeah. fifty five hundred days. Yeah, it's yeah. been about fifteen five hundred days. So yeah. yeah, it's been a while. We've had a lot of shit go on, and like Steve said, we covered. We covered a great deal of it. We stuffed as much as we could into the uh, first program. We'll split it up into two episodes. And today we're just going to kind of pick up where we left off. Yes. Uh, and a lot has happened. Uh, this is the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. I'm Steve. That's Nick over there. That's Hi. Brewski, our sidekick What's producer up? extraordinaire. Uh, we span the country. California here. We got Seattle for Nick. We got Boston for Brewski. And the whole idea is uh, this show gives gives everyone a platform to get vocal. And uh, we're going to talk about our lives. We're going to talk about the news, pop culture, entertainment, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we encourage the audience to get involved. We'll have guests on. We'll uh, figure out some way for people to call us, I think. Uh, we'll have comments. We'll have emails. You know, the whole kit and caboodle, right? Yeah, all that 2022 is capable of today with these newfangled toys. Uh, you'll have ways to contact us, and uh, yeah, you'll get on the air live with us, and hopefully we'll develop a little friendship. Yes, indeed. Uh, the last two episodes, I will tell you, were highly uh, educational, for sure. 
But if you want to get to know anything about the three of us, you've got to go back and listen to those things because uh, uh, our whole concept here is we're not pulling punches. We're just going to be raw, real people. We're going to tell you the truth. Uh, and uh, maybe sometimes it'll end well, other times not. Yeah, the I peril of our own lives. We will yeah. be honest and, and true. It's reality radio or reality podcasting or something. Dude, I was talking to my mom this morning and telling her that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to confess to things that you may not know about me. My kids may not know, like my, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to learn a lot of things. And she was like, said something like, oh, Steven, like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, <laughs> admitting to like, you know, marijuana use and stuff, that's a big deal. And there was just this pause. And my mom is like, you smoke marijuana. <laughs> oh, really? She had no idea. That's what I said. I'm like, you had no idea after all of these years, your son, the long haired rock and roll guitar playing shock jock Seattle, like no idea skiing all these, you know, no, she had no idea. And was she disappointed wanna... in you right off the bat? Well, she said, you know, something like, I, I just, I guess I never knew what you and your sisters were doing. And I was like, by the way, Debbie <laughs> smokes too. Okay. Just so we're all on the same page here. Like I threw my oh. other sister under the bus immediately. Tell us, please. There was no judgment. She actually was like, well, maybe before today's show, you should smoke a little. So you'll be relaxed. You'll have more fun. <laughs> Dude, like, you know what? That, that only <laughs> comes from a smoker. Is your mom smoking? No, God, no. I don't know sure? where that came from. Edibles, oh, maybe? No. Yeah. Harness. No. Come on. My mom is not some church lady, but she, no. I mean, I've seen her drunk maybe once in my life. And no, I don't think she's ever smoked pot, period. Well, so. that's what your kids would say. I've seen my dad drunk maybe once in my life. But yeah, because I'm good at hiding a lot of all things of behind the scenes. Right? <laughs> exactly. But that's the point of this show is we're going to put it all out there. All and right. uh, yeah, you know it's uh, it's gonna be interesting so i have a friend in, in seattle actually whose stepfather had just uh, discovered edibles a couple of years ago nice. and uh well and he, he needed it he has like this chronic pain and that sort of thing and his his stepfather does nothing but eat edibles and sit and watch uh, ridiculousness on mtv all day oh long gosh dude shoot me in the head right? well that that <laughs> that and, and that and also he owns a Chevy HHR and he he look, he goes online and he looks to see what other people are talking about in HHR forums, which who even knew that that was the thing, but you know it, Listen, it's out there. Some people give uh, being a stoner a bad name or the cliche <laughs> sort of thing. I always try to explain to people that you know not your typical stoner. First of all, I'm not baking twenty four seven by any means anymore, but also. I'm a highly motivated individual. I mean, look at this beautiful podcast we have going on here. La <laughs> yeah, lazy people can't right. just set up a web camera in their freaking, you know, house. So no, but no, we built an entire career. There was, you know, it, Nick and I work at a radio station locally here. And for years we had a woman there, Stace, that was very anti-stoner. And I could just never bring myself to tell her that, do you understand <laughs> this entire radio station is run by stoners? Everyone, but you, me, yeah. Nick, the morning guy, the sales team, like everyone. <laughs> But you're and, like, and oh, stoners eating Cheetos all day. Like, it's sort of built off stoners. I mean, everything that goes into yes. the radio station. Well, is, yes, we covered this yeah. last episode that, yeah, you know, in the world of radio, it's not super uncommon to have people leaving bags of pot in the studio. I still think that that guy was a stoner, too, but just didn't want to admit it. The one that left the bag in the studio? No, the, the, the one who called it out in the meeting. Oh yeah, probably was. Yeah, I think well, that so. was our point that it was it was a uh, commonplace and joking and all that yeah. stuff. And I wanted my bag back, but never got it back. So. <laughs>
Do you feel like cool. you've uh, slowed down in the last two years? Well, yeah. Uh, you know, during the divorce and post-divorce immediately, probably not at all, no. But since then, yeah, for sure. It's now something that is, for the most part, evenings, you know, like the old uh, have a glass of wine and relax. Well, I'll take a few hits. Or if I'm, uh, I love doing manual labor, being just a little stoned. Like if I'm mowing the lawn or painting the house or something or just cleaning, like that's a nice time to take a little. So I think that's my worst time. That's my, oh, really? I, I would, I don't, I really don't want to be doing manual labor ever, but if I have mm. to do it, I definitely don't want to be stoned. I'm right it's, with you, Vic. It's that old, uh, I think it was a John Stewart bit and like, or maybe it was in half baked. I don't know. But like, if you ever watch star Wars, but if you ever watch star Wars on weed, like to me, right. things are usually just a little better. So if I have to do manual labor, the, the key is taking that first step. If you just get stoned and sit there, you're not going to do anything. But for me, once I start the gears turning, once I actually start doing something, then I get very methodical about it if I'm a little bit baked. So that's my preferred method. Well, you're and a good stoner, you dude. However, I don't do it on the air because I'm not as talkative when I'm stoned and I tend to drift. <laughs> so so it'll it'll happen afterwards, but uh, it's not happening now. So Which thanks, is Mom, really for the funny. advice. Yeah, thanks, Mom. <laughs> you, you decided not to smoke today. No, no, I never have. All the years we've done this talk show, I never have. I mean, there was a novelty show or two where we were doing drinking games or something, and maybe we smoked. Yeah. But uh, no, I find it hard to be on. I, I find it hard to focus. When I'm jocking music records on radio, like I've gotten used to it over the years. Sometimes I'll do that. Yeah. But no, I, I find it hard to keep focused and all that. So for the original show, I don't think there, I don't, I, I know for a fact I did less shows sober. Then I did stone. Most yeah. of my shows were done stoned. Well, and and yeah, we used ahead. to, but we used to, remember we used to go to that back deck at the Buzz Studios, but you yeah. guys would, would go out there after the show usually. I mean, Nick might yeah. go out before the show started, but everybody would go out on the deck after the show. I, yeah, I remember absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, when we first started this out of my house before we got to the Buzz Studios and all that stuff. Uh, you know, it was a bit of a frat house and, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't care. And everyone, a lot, there's a lot of participating and all that going on beforehand. It's completely up to you personal preference. I'm just not comfortable doing it. So it's not fun. I want to do things stone that are fun, not that are uncomfortable because that can go bad. I hear you a hundred percent. That's my, it's my, uh, haircut story a million times. Yeah. Over. <laughs> I told Steve yeah. a long time ago that I got really high one time. I was going to go get a haircut. I went, I got high and drove over to the place to get a haircut and sat down in this lady's chair and she was super chatty with me, which I don't like in a hairstylist. I don't want to talk a whole bunch. Uh, but She's like strapped me in with that cape real tight around my neck. And I felt very constrained in the chair that I couldn't move around and get up. And I, I pretty much had a full on panic attack while I was sitting there getting my haircut and thought several times about jumping up and running, out, running out of master clips or wherever I was. Yeah. But, That's now, the experience did, I'm avoiding. Well, yeah, yeah, you guys saying that I watched a video last night it was an old show that used to be on Vice, but I would have people drop acid and then go and do something. And this particular one, it was he went to a monster truck show while on acid. Bad idea. Had, yeah, that can and, go bad. And uh, after the show, he had to interview one of the drivers, too, while on acid. Oh, 
Well, I don't like comparing acid to pot, by the way. That's another okay. thing my, my mother said. Like, it's a drug. I'm like, no, drugs are something that are produced. Marijuana is a naturally occurring substance. It's not synthetic, Ma. <laughs> right. I promise. Another one of those episodes, they had a guy who dropped acid and went to the Westminster Dog Show. Yeah. And that's interview dog people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are made for our entertainment and not the, yeah, the not person theirs. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But what's cool about it is it's interspersed with the whole thing was the person after the fact sober saying, this is what I was experiencing at that time. And and the, the monster truck guy was really uncomfortable the entire time. You nice. just see it on his face. He was just freaking out. I do remember a local news channel doing a test when marijuana became legal in so many states of like, does it affect your driving or doesn't it? And they had all of these people do test course driving and they start off taking like maybe one bong hit and they do a lab and two yeah. and they, you know, and it, it, it obviously got progressively worse at some point, but I just remember thinking like I could nail that challenge, man. I mean, I, I, I delivered pizza stone for years. I'm an expert, cautious, stony driver. I drive better stone than sober. And that's not a message I'm trying to send to the masses, but I'm just talking about me yeah. and like traffic or something. I could give a crap if I'm stuck in traffic, if I'm a little stone, like it's fine, man, turn the music up. Yeah, now, you're, you, chill, you're in a chill mood. You guys will, remember the, the show that we did, the, the drunk driving show that we did at the Buzz? Yeah, the oh, breathalyzer yeah. with the breathalyzer and the yeah, yeah. the DUI attorney. And yeah, you guys we were trying we, to dispel myths. Are there ways to uh, beat a breathalyzer? So we got a person that came into the radio show with a breathalyzer. Me? We were all drinking. Well, you, it wasn't your breathalyzer, right? Didn't we have a cop come no, in or something? No, no, no. no we had no, an attorney and the DUI attorney. Yeah, yeah. And, and I then was you the were one drinking. That, I was drinking, yeah, but that was the night that we also had the super fan, and and he got drunk and passed out in the bathroom, and then Nick had to give him a ride home. Yes, yeah, these are the fun things That's you're right. going to experience with <laughs> Nick and Steve and a couple of microphones. Right. I will so. say, dude, that I I don't, uh, you know, I don't prefer. I, I guess I would prefer not to be stoned when I'm driving, but uh, ecstasy is a whole different story, dude. Uh, driving on ecstasy is like driving a freaking spaceship, dude. And, and I had so much fun doing it. I, I, I won't ever do ecstasy again, but, uh, if I were, I'd go for a drive, dude, that'd be oh. <laughs> listening to music and driving would be the first thing I'd want to do. These are some good PSAs, you know, <laughs> do what we don't minority. Yeah. Right. Don't do oh. what we say, kids. You know, right. that's a guy. That's a guy we could talk to about weed. You know, he's doing quite well for himself in the marijuana industry up in uh, Washington. Go easy. Bruce, Go he's easy. referring to a former uh, radio yeah. DJ friend of ours. Well, how is he doing well? He's in, involved. What's in he doing some, in pot? I, I'd have to look it up on Instagram again, but he's he's got a whole big thing. Uh, let me I'll pull it up. I, real don't, quick. I don't need the whole story, but he's entrepreneuring okay. or what? Yes, big uh, time. Uh, hey, kudos. Radio sucks, so you may need a backup gig there, Ricker. Was that his name? No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Big baller. Yeah. Michael. Michael Ricker. Ah, uh, there you go. Oh, is Ricker his real last name? Yes. And the, here's the funny thing: I actually met his mother one time at a um at a KISW event. He was he was doing at um, oh, shit, what was that? You know, you, you know the where um at the Hooters in Lake Union. Oh yeah, it, it was a it was a street team event, and he was hosting, and his mother was there, and it was so funny because she, he looks exactly like her, but oh. she was but she was like this really nice sweet lady from Florida, and she says, "Oh, do you work with Michael?" And I was like, Who, "Who's Michael?" 
And and she's like, Michael. And she starts pointing to him. And I'm like, oh, Ricker. Yeah, oh yeah. I I, I work with him and that sort of thing. And and I he comes over. Can I just cracking. tell you how many Hooters I have done radio events from? I have oh, never yeah. gone to eat at a Hooters in my life, but I have been at a Hooters a hundred freaking times. Check it. You haven't? Yes. You Check haven't it. eaten at a Hooters? No. Why would I? That's weird. Listen, dude. <laughs> Sorry. You know Unless Hooters sound... wants to sponsor the show, then yes, I'll eat there every week. So I know it's going to sound a little uh, uh, disingenuous, but yeah. the wings at Hooters are freaking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Dude. And Playboy has great articles. I get it. Hey, but... dude. You know what? <laughs> yeah. I, I bet most of the time I've been to Hooters, I've been with my wife. Yeah. And because the wings are so great, dude. Really? They have yeah. just the best wings on planet Earth. Nobody uh... else can come close to Hooters wings. I love them. I think they're fantastic. They're different <laughs> they're okay. than anywhere else. You can, they're different than anyone else's wings. I wow. will say that. I'm also not a wing fan, so that may, might uh, be part well, of it too. Yeah, too messy. All right, should we? Uh, should we? We've got a yes. guest calling in in like 45 minutes here. In theory, okay. yeah. Let's get. To we got a lot of ground good. to cover, people. Ooh. We got a lot of ground to cover. So our entire first two episodes were five hours of us talking about the last 16 years of our lives. And uh, that was about almost six weeks ago because life just completely blew up, at least for me, in the last six weeks. Here. Six it weeks. sort of derailed things. I now have another 16 years worth of things to update everyone on, I feel like. but uh, Yeah, there's uh, been a lot going on, dude. It's, it's crazy to think that it's only been six weeks since we've done our last show. Yeah, 16 years off, and now we've had six weeks off. And uh, hey, does anyone notice I'm in an entirely different home studio? That's kind of yeah. weird, right? Your studio <laughs> does look a lot different, dude. Funny how that works. And first of all, can we all just marvel? I mean, come on. Look at my background here. Isn't that oh, fun? Yeah. I feel like I, I'm in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory or something. I, I, did, <laughs> yeah. I dig the bike. Is that a running bike, Steve? Uh, that's a dirt bike lamp. I bought it at Ikea. <laughs> it took quite a while to put together with a little Allen wrench, but uh, that is a, a classic dirt bike that when I was married and I had like weekends and extra money, I was like, that's, that was the, that's a 93 KX 250. Uh, oh. When I, when, when we were in high school, that was like the bike. And so uh, I bought it to renovate it and learn how to repair motors and all the high end stuff that I don't normally mm -hmm. do. And now it's a lamp. So uh, <laughs> the project bike dude. tell you how that went. And you're uh, uh, in stiff competition with Michael Jackson, dude. Uh, I feel like that if you had children, children up to your studio, that they would be amazed and maybe <laughs> lay around and just view your items. I think so. My, my son describes me as a, a mature dad with a touch of immature dude. And I think that oh. uh, my home is reflecting that currently. <laughs> I, I bought so a stand-up. I bought a stand-up Pac-Man arcade game for the house because oh, nice! It seems like that would be a good thing to do, so I did it. Yeah, you did, and it uh, was a responsible decision. It Thank looks you. nice, and uh, the only the funniest thing in the world was that I tell Steve. I said he shows it to me before he buys it. And I, you know, I said, is that full size? And he was like, yeah. And then when you got it home and took a picture, you're, you're just a little bit taller than that bad boy. I'm six foot two. So it's not full size for me, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But for your son, it's yeah. definitely a full size machine. I think it looks killer. Has your son played it? Oh yeah. He played it constantly. He, uh, Does he, he really? freaked it. Oh yeah. He freaked out when he came home and saw it. It was, you know, oh, I'm little... sure. <laughs> he and I think the same. So a, uh, almost 13 year old boy and me, a 46 year old man, we're both like, that's awesome. Got to pack <laughs> yeah, my yeah. machine in the living room. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's like so, silver spoons. Exactly. exactly. Thank you, Brewski. 
<laughs> little Edward Stratton. That's what that's what Harness was going for. It was. I told Nick, like, remember Silver Spoons? That's what I'm going for here. I don't know how many people know the reference anymore, but uh, yeah, classic 80s sitcom. I'm Joel Higgins, dreams, so. Joel Higgins, Aaron Gray. Yeah, he was a single dad, and he uh, he was like a toy inventor, right? So his house was full of no, no, he was he was just really rich. No, I thought he was a toy inventor. Uh, I thought he was some sort of like entrepreneur, or real estate, or something. No. He was just oh, a rich now man. we got to look this up. Not right now, because, please, but we'll, because, <laughs> we'll look this up. Because John Houseman, the guy from the um, the investment commercials in the eighties with the British accent, he was the wealthy guy, the the the, the grandfather, and that's where all the money came from. And uh, Mr. Stratton was just kind of like you know. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to look about, this up. I okay. think he was a toy inventor. Okay, and that was a great show with Ricky Schroeder before he became a conservative douchebag. So yeah, you can remember the good old days. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But all I right, digress. well, so your studio looks fantastic. Steve. Oh, thank you. It does. I appreciate it. A lot of effort's yeah. gone into it. So, um, when we uh, we left the episode number two there with a bit of a cliffhanger, I had told everyone that I had met the woman of my dreams, fallen head over heel in love. Uh, we had gotten engaged uh, just nine short months ago on Christmas Day. Uh, a few months later, we bought a house together. Uh, we had been living together for two years. So raising my kids, who I have 50-50 every other week, you know, we we're raising our kids together, got this house together, engaged to be married. But things started going badly when we got this house, right? And in full disclosure, like my act, oh, whoops, my <laughs> the woman i'm talking about <laughs> spoiler alert um, she she was in a position where she owned a home before covid and the price had soared so she was in a position where she sold the house and bought this new house so it was entirely in her name but we did all the bills together you know put money towards closing together split everything and you know we told my kids like we told our kids um family home we're gonna live here you know you'll come back here someday with your kids from college like you know forever is- home this is our forever home. But I shared with you guys that, yeah, things were not going very well. Um, things were like spiraling big time ever since we got into that house. And we were arguing a lot. And we're both yellers and screamers and both, you know, hardcore arguers and debaters, uh, partially for what I do for a living. And, you know, she's in a corporate world. She audits major companies. She sits in boardrooms with, you know, the heads of Twitter and whatnot. And like she tells these people, you're doing things wrong. And, so yeah, we were both uh, pretty good arguers and things have been spiraling. And so I ended the last podcast telling you guys that we put, that I put our engagement on hold, that things have become borderline abusive, in my opinion, not physically, but just, uh, you know, verbally, it was just out of control. So yes, yeah, so we ended the last show saying that um, engagement's on hold. We've started into therapy and uh, we're going to be doing this program. The... Uh, here it is for viewers at home. The seven principles of making marriage work by... Dr. Gottman, which I read. It's a good book. PhD, dude. Yeah, sure. You can't be wrong. So, um, and I think I, uh, I think we ended at the end of July. So I was telling you guys that we had therapy coming up in just like four or five days. And, you know, we weren't really talking and this therapy session back was going to be our, our, uh, our start down a new path. Today is a new day. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, right? Yes. Moment ah. of reckoning. Right. Um, so I show up to therapy that day and here's the deal audience and Nick and Brewski. Um, we're going to give the short version of today's story (laughs) on today's show. There's probably going to be an entire other episode where we're going to get into this line by line and talk about a lot of it because it has to deal with 
legalities and pop culture and me too and all of these things so we're going to explore it in depth some other day but i'll just give you the short version for today's show Bruski uh, and i are just gonna let you lead uh today's uh destination so yeah we'll we'll get into more of it later but you just feel yes. free to lead this all it's the cliffs, the, the, the cliffs note version. Yes. And uh, Nick, uh, if I do start drifting or anything uh, into any category or territory I shouldn't be in, feel free to interrupt me. All right. So anyway, so uh, we show up to therapy that day. She walks in with a prepared written statement that oh, she boy. gave me a signed copy of so I could read along with her. And the <laughs> statement. Who handed wow. it to you? That's, that's my question. You got into therapy and did yeah. she just hand it to you? She handed copies to me and to the shrink. And was that uh, notarized too? Not notarized, no. But I was there as my own witness to it all. And uh, only someone like her, a CPA, would print all of this out and sign it ahead of time. Yeah. As if I needed her to sign it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, this hey, is this isn't you. signed. So I'm not gonna I don't believe this is really what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Right. So the statement in short says relationship is over as of now. You need to leave the house immediately. Get your stuff and go. If you wow. do not leave the house right now, I will call the police. I will get a restraining order. I will tell the neighbors just leave the house immediately. Don't ever want to hear or see from you again. She turned around and left. And that is essentially the last time I've seen or heard from her. I feel like uh, uh, I feel like there is a part to back up on a little bit that I feel like is important to the story. Feel free. Uh, when you were going into therapy, maybe like a week before therapy, uh, and I hope I'm not talking out of class here, but like you guys had had a conversation and it was like you said, you weren't talking much. You had this conversation and you said, like, it seems like you're just done with me. Yeah. And yeah. she made the comment of like, no, what are you talking about? No, yeah. no, no. Like, I'm we're going to have therapy on Tuesday. And, yeah. uh, you know, no, I'm not done with you. The entire month of July, I now know she was over me and was probably trying to set me up to explode or something or create some scenario that she could say, look, everyone, he's crazy. And I was set uh, yeah. up like a motherfucker. Yes. Oh, yes. dude, I got executed gangster style. Uh, what she did, I would never do to the my worst enemy. And a lot of that's part of the story we'll tell some other day. But um, I had told her the week or so prior, like the way you're acting and treating me, like, I feel like this relationship's over. Like, just let's just have that conversation. And, and like Nick said, she's like, no, no, no. Like, uh, we'll be at therapy on Tuesday. And, you know, on we go. I'm 100% committed. And you know, and at that time, like my car was in the shop and she had left the house. I hadn't seen her in days and she refused to come pick me up for therapy, which I thought was very odd. So I told her like, I'll just, I'll just be on zoom then. Like, and she was like, no, no, no. Like you have to be there in person. And I thought, oh, she wants to look me in the eye and we'll, you know, everything will be, she wanted to get me out of the house because part of her threat in that letter was that she would change the locks. She was going to install security cameras. Like she went off the freaking deep end. Wow. And so she immediately left therapy. I hung out for a few minutes to talk to the therapist of like, what in the world just happened? And can she yeah. just throw me out of my house like that? And by the way, the therapist, who I need to file a complaint against basically told me like, Oh yeah, no, she can do that. Like you're screwed. You shouldn't challenge that at all. You should just pack your shit and go. Yeah. And so when I got to my house, to our home, the locks had been changed. And that was that. That was an hour, dude. It was an hour. She had people at the house while we were at therapy. That's oh, why yeah. I couldn't be on Zoom. She had right. people show up, change the locks. She had a whole posse there waiting for me. Uh, oh, man, I wish I were there with you, Steve. Uh, I wish I were there with you. 
when I told you guys about my divorce, I told you that when my ex-wife dropped it on me at first, that it was such a devastating thing that I, I literally almost killed myself. Mm. It was the worst day of my life and the most traumatic event of my life. I have to now say that this has now been the worst day of my life. Not today. That day where she uh, illegally yeah. evicted me and my children from our family home after we had just started therapy, after we were engaged to be married. I mean, it was as... It's, you know, that old cliche about the guy that goes out for a pack of smokes and then never comes home and just yeah. leaves his family. Right. Yeah. She did the, the, the female equivalent of that. Wow. Just you and your kids are gone. Effective. Now relationship is over. Don't ever want to see or hear from you again. She burned everything on Facebook, blocked phone numbers, emails. Like she just vanished on me. It is this it's as if she died, but she's not dead and if she was dead i could be mourning her or something like no she just fucking just canceled it no up to show up to therapy no like, like, it was uh, done it was over yeah this is our last conversation and where you don't get to speak i'm gonna exactly. speak to you and i'm going to leave which is heartbreaking on so many freaking levels dude she did it all on purpose to maximize the torture to me and to just burn it to the ground so she couldn't go back. And I know that that is how she ends relationships. But I was a fool because I thought, well, we're going to be together forever. So I don't have to worry about her doing that to me. Not going to happen to me. Sure. No, I mean, when she was married, she was married for like two years, years back. And she was unhappy. And instead of just ending her marriage, she went out and had an affair and let her husband catch her. Oh that was the whole God. reason she did it so that she could just burn it to the ground. She Years loves later, drama. She loves drama. Uh, she just I, it, catastrophic failure. There's no coming back. I can't change yes. my mind. Uh, I'm going to fuck it up so bad that it's done for sure. Yes. She <clears throat> years later lived with a boyfriend who had a, a daughter. And when that relationship ended, I don't even think I told you the story, Nick. I kind of forgot about it until recently. They all lived together. And the lease on that place was in her name. So she just moved out. She just said, Lisa's up at the end of this month. You can stay or go, but I'm leaving. Like, see you later. And just left him. Like, so, you know, this is kind of her pathology. And there is more to the story and more that happened afterwards. But wow. not the, even the, kind of her pathology, dude. This is no, yeah, what yeah. she's done every single time. It's a pattern. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought that because, you know, we were engaged and raising kids together and all this stuff that, you know, that you would fight to the last you know, you, you, you just wouldn't give up like that. Sure. You don't just but, run away from a you know, family. Some, but some people, when children. they're out, when they're out, they're out. But they, but they also they're a coward because they're, they're not willing to face you and, and face the issue. If you yes. want it to be over with, just tell me you want it to be over with and then and then leave. Yes. Y you know, we, we should have spent that last therapy session with her breaking the shock of like, hey, haha, -ha, it's over. And we could have talked through it all. And by the end of the hour, the shock would have worn off and we could have come up with an amicable way to split things up. Yeah. She saw me divorce my wife of 17 years completely amicably. No lawyers involved, no arguing over property. We lived together for the last 30 days while I found a new house. I mean, it was, uh, there's no history on my end to show that I would not break up nicely. It was done humanly, dude. It was done in a humane way. And she could have had that too. This is the thing. I think the sincere problem was that if she had you around, she would have changed her mind or, or would have gone back and forth. You know what I mean? Because she was, she was, like I said, trying to blow it up. So it was unrecognizable 
and you were out. I think that if it would have been done in that way, she would have had to leave because she's, she's so back and forth, dude. She's so high and low. And I mean, there's really no shades of gray in it. So high and low yeah, and those highs, you guys had mm-hmm. such a good relationship, you know, in those highs, things were fantastic. And in those lows, things got really dark, dude. Yes. Listen, I, I, I see all the red flags looking back. We had a lot of dark moments, but I convinced myself that these were things we could solve. Of that course. when things were good, they were the best I've ever had. And when things were bad, though, they were the worst. Yeah. But it used to be 90% of the time it was good and only one out of 10, it was bad. But ever since we moved to the house, it was completely the opposite. It was nine times out of 10, things were terrible and only one out of 10 were we having a good time and whatnot. So... Yeah. And then, you know, I found out that day uh, in a very harsh manner from legal authorities that if somebody does that to you, if they throw you out of your house and change your locks, it's illegal. You can't actually do that. But it's a civil matter. It is not a criminal matter, which means you got to go get lawyers involved. You got to go through the court process. And if somebody's willing to pay the penalties for what that is, then who cares? They write you a check for a few hundred or a few grand and then they're done with you. And she's in that sort of position where she just said, I don't care what the penalties are going to be, you know, let them come and just utterly burned it all down. And, you know, I'm over here thinking like, sure, I can, you know, lawyers ended up getting involved to get all my stuff out of the house, like three fucking weeks later, but there was no, there was no solution to any of this. Right. I mean, the relationship was over. So yeah, I could maybe go home and sleep in my bed for a few nights and pack like a normal human, but she wasn't going to let that happen. And the law was going to take way too long to make something like that happen. So I was just fucked. I was literally homeless for the first time in my goddamn life as a 46 year old man, father own a business. Like, you know, I, I had no home to go to. So I spent uh, two weeks either sleeping on the floor of my radio station or living at hotels, burning money left and right. As I'm now trying to go find a new home for me and my kids. At the top rental market of, you know, the last 20 years. Yeah. 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 I live in Lake Tahoe and this whole area has exploded in the real estate market from COVID. And so prices are just insane. Not a lot of options. And normally when you house hunt, you take a few weeks, maybe a few months. Right. I had to go out and just like, what's available today? This one. Okay. I guess I have to take it because I'm goddamn homeless and I need to have my kids come back over. I don't and, have my uh, cat, by the way. Not only did I not have any of my possessions, she kept my fucking cat. Yeah. Like, I had nothing. I was thrown out onto the goddamn street by the woman I was about to marry. You the had woman a, who was helping raise my children. Yep. Who had uh, only a week before this all said, talked about, oh, our forever home. This is, you know, yes. she wasn't... Uh, she wasn't kind in any way. I'll say that. And, you know, uh, I've heard of this kind of thing happening, not this particular thing, but like people being homeless for a while. And I never realized like what that actually meant until I had someone close to me go through it, like to not have anything to have a duffel bag of a few clothes and stuff like that is and, and you don't have any access to it. You don't have any access and no immediate legal recourse to to change that. It's just devastating, dude. You've been well, through so much, man. Well, if, if if I may interject here a little bit, um, yes. my, my my experience 
we're coming up on when it happened nine years ago and it was kind of the same thing with with jen where she broke up with me on a saturday and then monday i'll go to work at the radio station and my entire sales team got fired including the, the i was the account manager for i texted her and i said hey you know i'm uh you know lost my job and, and this that and the other thing and um now, on Saturday, when she broke up with me, she said that I could have a couple of weeks to find a place to live and that sort of thing. And uh, I got home. I took the bus from Elliott Ave up to Greenwood and got to the house that we were renting at the time. And I walked in and she's like, hey, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah. And she said, you know, I told you you could have a couple of weeks to find a place to live, but I want you out of the house right away. Damn. So now now I have no job. I have, and, she, and she wants me. It, fortunately, what happened was a friend of mine, a friend of ours, mine through her and needed somebody to house it for a couple, for a month while she went to go work in Hawaii. And she said, Hey, I talked to Lainey. She said, she asked you if you could house it for a month. And I said, yeah, I wasn't going to do it. She was like, well, I think you should just go and stay there. So at least I had a place to go to, but it was I, just- I, had a, I had a friend here in Tahoe that had a similar thing where his wife was like, you're leaving, but I took the time to find you a place. So here's the key. Go to this address. I'm like, at least she found you a fucking place. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, by the his- way, uh, uh, can we just mention quickly here that Steve's car has been in the body shop for months. So you didn't even have a fucking car. No, I had to ride my bicycle to sleep in. Dude. Yeah. No, Me too. I, rode my, I rode my bicycle to therapy that day. In like a 98 degree weather day and all that. And yeah, I had to have a friend come pick me up that day that I got to my house and realized I was locked out of it. Uh, I, I called someone. This was the middle of a, a Tuesday. Like most of my, everyone was working. And I had one friend who, who works for me. So I guess maybe that's how he got off the, got off the clock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, he had to come out and pick me up sitting on the fucking curb with, you know, a bag of some random things. Like it was it was terrible. And, and, and as I've mentioned, there's, there, there's more complication in the story that happened from that point forward, but I, I just, I can't even go there right now, but it, it, it doesn't matter to the great point of the story. She just vanished on me and the kids threw us out of the house. And I have not seen or heard from her since it. Uh, and then, yeah. What do you it's, have? Something it was jarring mind. would be the least. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. Uh, do you have something in your mind that you have uh, rehearsed since over and over again, that if you had uh, a chance to say anything to her, that these are the things that you would say, have you gone yeah, over I that in your head over and over? <laughs> Sorry. Um, <clears throat> what would I say to her? I don't know. No, I Probably. mean, have you been thinking, have you, have, has that been stuck in your mind because you couldn't talk to her? Did, was it stuck in your mind this whole time? Like if I did have a second with her, this is fucking what I'd say over, you know, I, I don't know how you got that out of your mind because there's no yeah. conclusion. There's no fucking yes. conclusion on your side. Listen, closure is a real thing. Um, and to not have any has been, it's been devastating. It's like a death, you know, as if somebody just died and you don't get to say goodbye. You don't get to ask any questions. It's just, just, just gone. Yeah. And even that day, like I had prepared myself. I thought, you know, she may show up and just try to end this. And so I had a like, you know, hold on, like, let's, let's move apart for 30. Like we got to, let's do something. We can't just end this. Like I had things. She wouldn't, she wouldn't hear it. She would not let me get a word in edgewise. And even at the house, uh, you know, when that doors were locked and all that stuff, you know, I, I, I had some level of communication. It was difficult because her friends were there and all that, but 
you know, I, I basically said, how can you do this? Like we've, we've, we're a family we have kids. Like you can't just throw us out. Yeah. And she said, that's, I got to worry about myself. Your kids are not my problem. The only thing you need to worry about is the next chapter of your life. And she had just this look of just disdain, yeah. hatred, that person that day. I, I didn't know that person never met him before. That's Jekyll so, and Hyde right there. Yeah. I mean, I'd seen glimmers of it, but whew, I mean, she had, and it's one thing when you're fighting to say extreme, to get out of this house, or I'm going to, you know, blah, I'm going to do this crazy thing. Like yeah. she, I now understand took weeks to plan this out. Yeah. It was meticulously plan, plotted. Yes. Meticulously planned out, uh, having the locks change, having people show up at these prepared statements, all these things like she had, it's one thing in the heat of, you know, anger to do something, but when you've got days and weeks and you're still doing this sort of dark, twisted, burn everything to the ground sort of thing, like, yeah, I got to wonder what dark part of your soul that is coming from. We were literally just sleeping next to each other. And now you're just throwing me out on the fucking street. Yeah. And it, there's like a reason said, that's illegal. Cause you don't, you aren't supposed to do that to people. But as yeah. I explained, if you got a checkbook and you want to write a check and you can work do it. the system, you can do it. Yep. So, well, yeah. So that was, uh, <laughs> what was that? That was the second of, uh, uh, August. August. Yeah. yeah. So here we're sitting now, uh, we're recording this on September 6th. So yeah, 30, uh, eh, almost five weeks now. Five weeks, dude. That's crazy. I, uh, Kudos to you. I don't know how you fold it all off, Harness. Well, okay. So a couple of things here, Nick. <laughs> One, <laughs> I don't know how I pulled it off either, but I would not have without you. Um, Nick and I play best friends on the radio, but Nick is my absolute. Nick is the only human being that has really never fucked me over. And I kind of exclude you from that, Brewski. I mean, you threatened to kick my oh, ass no. once or twice. But besides that, <laughs> you know, Nick is actually, you know, Nick and I have known each other. We're both 46. We're born like 10 days apart. We've known each other since we were 22, I think. And uh, you've absolutely been there at every step of my life, especially the dark parts. And when I, I called Nick that day, you know, uh, and told him what had happened and Within a few days, it was pretty obvious that I was fucked and things weren't going to just magically unwind and I wasn't going to get to go home and all that. And I'm living in hotels and, you know, I had the first panic attack of my life sitting alone in this dark hotel room, just wanting to go home. And I couldn't. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and Nick got on a plane and flew down and he, uh, he spent like a week with me and dude, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would have survived that week without you. I mean, that was, that was absolutely the lowest point of my life. And, uh, you were, you were there, you were a friend, you were more than that. I don't even know how to describe it. You got on a fucking plane and came and sat with me in hotel rooms and bars and, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I, uh, I know you keep telling me not to thank you, but, so uh, I guess I won't, but, uh, <laughs> but thank you. I mean, of course, you know. dude, I, you know, I appreciate you being thankful for sure, but I, uh, you know, I'd do it either way. I'd do it for either one of you guys. And, uh, and I know that. Yeah, the reason it's so easy is because I know you guys would have the same for me, you know. Absolutely. I would. I would. Yeah. It was my uh, it was my shrink who finally convinced me to call Nick because she basically said, like, what would you do if it, the shoe was on the other foot? I said, of course, I'd be there for him. And she said, do you think it'd be easier if he was standing here next to you? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it was I funny don't like, because I, I kept like saying, like, out. 
uh i'm gonna get on a plane dude i'm gonna come down there she was like yeah just you know we'll see we'll see we'll see and then finally your shrink said you better tell him to come dude and i'm glad she did yeah because you needed somebody that week you know that was uh that was like you said i mean i can't even imagine it was miserable fucking week for sure yeah but uh stepping up since then dude has been something that's been pretty amazing to watch i mean I don't know how everyone reacts when they're in a depression or in a heartbreak, but I just in a trauma. Yeah. In a trauma. I want to fucking lay down. (laughs) You know, I I don't want to move. Yeah. I don't want to talk to people. I just, I just need some alone time and everything else. And that we all know that's not the best thing for us when we're in that moment, but like you've fucking stood up, dude, and made some pretty amazing choices. The fact that you're in a new house that is fucking moved into and decorated and all ready to go, that your kids are back and that you've kept your fucking business on the other side of all of this personal life running is fairly miraculous. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't feel miraculous or like I, I know deserve you any credit, but um I, I have no choice. You know what my ex, my ex didn't have kids and she did not understand the concept of family, the concept of putting somebody ahead of yourself and that a family, you know, the, the parts are greater than, or the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Is she an only child by the way? No, but she comes from a really fractured, messed up family. Okay. okay. Um, so she has no real good bearing from her childhood of what a family is and from our time. And, um, I think it's because of that, that she was able to just flip back into selfish single woman mode and say, sorry, kids, I mean, children, a 13 year old, a 16 year old, she threw them out of their home. Yeah. Kept their cap from that. I mean, it was just, it's been an interesting thing to think about of that. uh, Well, you know, there's people out there that I suppose don't quite understand what it means to love somebody more than you love yourself and yeah. i mean she couldn't have kids dude she, i mean she, she she could have never been a great mother to those kids or a stepmother to those kids yeah she doesn't have that no i mean maybe if she had had her own kids like a lot of parents like it clicks with you but she never right. did and she couldn't understand the concept and uh i've talked to so many people uh like the people that freaking moved me like strangers that overheard some of the story they just said like hey man like you don't do this when kids are involved. Like you, you can break up and break yeah. up like adults and amicably, or even if you're going to fight about it, but you don't just throw people out of their home, children yeah. out of their home. The guy you were going to marry. I mean, over two years living together. I mean, it, you just don't do that. The most basic way to think about this for me, this is how I think about it. If I had to uh, uh, just describe it in one word, it's just fucking heartless, dude. And that, and I mean, that is the true meaning of the word. Like none of this was done with any heart, you know? Yes. Yeah. So not only have I been dealing with a breakup, which anyone who's been through one knows that's a heartbreak all on its own. But then I've been dealing with this just straight up abusive tragedy of just being evicted from my home. Uh, living in hotels for two weeks. But then even when I got this home, I, I lived in this home empty for a week. I couldn't get my furniture. She kept delaying the process and putting all these roadblocks in place. And 
again, I, I wasn't even talking to her. I had to get a lawyer involved to try to negotiate a time where I could show up. And I, I didn't get to pack anything. I just showed up with movers and just started grabbing shit, including my entire studio that I had just built. We just moved in that home three fucking months ago. I just finished unpacking. <laughs> it's fucking so insane to me, dude. So, yeah. So I had to go back and grab everything. So yeah, I essentially, I, I spent two weeks completely homeless and then a third week just in an empty house sleeping on the floor. I mean, it was just absolutely terrible. So, um, we got a guest calling in here in about eh, 12 minutes. So we're going to talk more about some of the stuff, breakups and relationships and all that stuff. But there's a few highlights I got to get run through here before we can get to them. Please do. Okay. So also on the last show, I talked to everyone about my ex-wife, Jamie, and the fact that she was, uh, or the fact that she is dating a, a guy out on parole for murder at the time. And I told the whole story about how I found out about this, that, uh, you know, I had met the guy, he seemed nice enough to me, but nobody told me about his past. And the whole reason I met him was to gauge, are you okay to be around my kids? And yeah. months went by and I ended up finding out through a private investigator that his ex-wife because the guy got married while he was in prison which is wow. a whole nother story i found out about this months later and it was shocking it was just it was just the news of hey your ex-wife is uh dating a guy out on parole for felony murder he's home alone with your children like i i freaked the hell out right yeah. i mean it was a shocking thing and as i've told my ex-wife multiple times i'm not pissed off that he he and a buddy killed somebody when he was 16 and a robbery gone wrong. I'm pissed off that you guys didn't tell me about this and that you kept yeah. it from me. And then I found out through a third party and, all, and my head spiraled before I, you know, I mean, it was terrible. Maybe the opportunity to make my own, uh, draw my own conclusion on the yes, situation. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, our relationship has not really been the best since then. We've had a lot of friction. I mean, we've still kept things very amicable and still no one's threatening lawyers or any of that kind of crap. But um, <laughs> during this whole past month here where I was thrown out and I was homeless, uh, Jamie and uh, Charlie, her guy, uh, the, the, you know, the, he's not on parole anymore, just for the record. <laughs> it's actually um, been uh, completely exonerated. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Has he? Yeah. Is that the determination? Listen, the guy did a terrible thing when he was a teenager. He spent 20 <laughs> plus years in one of the worst prisons in America. And the night I went over to their house to tell my kids that Hillary and I were done. Um, first of all, my kids took it poorly, especially my son. It was devastating. So there were a lot of tears and, uh, left the house and, um, and by the way, I had never been invited into my ex-wife's house before. Like there was some weird standoff we had going with each other where we weren't inviting each other into our homes. It was, it always bothered me, but that was the first night she invited me into her house. And when I left, Charlie came outside, put his hand on my shoulder and just told me like, stay strong, man. Like I, I know breakups suck. Like your kids need you. We're here for you if you need us. Like the guy showed me humility and empathy and sympathy and they gave me an air mattress, you know, the only thing I had to, you know, my only furniture. And um, about a week or so later, I was back over at the house to get the kids uh, to take them out for some errands. And Charlie pulled me aside and he told me, like, I owe you an apology. The way you found out about my past was completely unacceptable. We never should have done that to you. We should have been honest with you. I felt terrible about it ever since. And I just want to apologize. Which is, I mean, so... Here's the thing. I'll even back up to the lie. Like, I understand 
why you would possibly not feel good about talking about this to uh, a father of the kids you're going to be around. Like right. that'd be a tough conversation to have. And what a dick for not doing it. Right. But not easy, but to be able to come to you and say, Hey, I fucked up and I'm sorry is, yeah. uh, it's a pretty big thing, dude. I mean, uh, it's a pretty big thing. Cause he doesn't know. He doesn't owe you that at this point. I mean, no. nothing you do is going to change what's happening with him, uh, you know, yeah. to a certain degree. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I thought it was big of him to come out and, and, and share that with you. And it was really big. And I told him like, you don't owe me an explanation for your past. Like I was only upset about our current events and this is all I wanted. I just wanted somebody to acknowledge that this was fucked up the way we told you. Yeah. And so I, I shook his hand and we started talking about, you know, he's, he's got a one-year-old or no three-year-old now, I'm sorry. Uh, he's got a son. And, um, we started talking about everything we were just talking about, like being a parent changes your perspective on things. And yeah, you know, how could, how can any of this stuff be happening to you? And Bruski knows all about it, dude. Well, yeah, that's a whole other tale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tune into episode two where Bruski discovered he had an adult son. So. <laughs> but anyways, my point is after I got done talking to him, I immediately drove over to my ex-wife's work and told her like, you know, this is what Charlie told me and I appreciate it. It's all I've needed to hear. And um, I just want to bury the hatchet with both of you. Like, I just, I don't need it. I don't need the stress. Like we're yeah. a family circle. And now here I am the fool I married, or I was going to be marrying this, you know, upstanding corporate woman who completely fucked our entire family over. And here you are with the guy trying to restart his life after spending it in prison. And he's done nothing wrong. He's, he's been a good guy these last two years. My kids adore him. I've heard of no incidents. Like, so I, I, uh, I owe some humble pie here. Like I got to acknowledge that you guys seem to be doing just fine. And the humanity and humility you've shown me during this process is something I can't just ignore. Yeah. So, you know, as I was telling Nick the other night, if you had told me six weeks ago that you're not going to be engaged to Hillary anymore, your relationship will be over. You're going to move back out of your brand new house, back home to Lake Tahoe. And you and Jamie and Charlie are all going to become friends. I would have told you that that is fucking preposterous. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. Here we are. But literally yes. here we fucking are. Yeah. And uh, it's just the whole, I guess you can't really predict where life is going. And sometimes tragedy brings out the good in some people. It's it's all mind-blowing. But um, that's that's where I find myself now. Yeah, that's where you find yourself. And then uh, fast forward to yesterday. And now you're uh, out having social functions with them. Yeah, we all went to see. Oh yeah, I saw that online. Yeah, I had bought tickets to see Jack Johnson with Hillary. You know, when tickets go on sale a long time ago. Are we saying that just free and clear now? What that name? I guess I announced it on the first show. I'm not naming her full name or social security number. Okay, all right. Yeah, I just didn't know if you wanted to do. Well, we were going to just start calling her the Hindenburg, but um, (laughs) we. Oh, the humanity! Exactly. I mean, we can do that too, but you know. No, no, you uh, whatever you're comfy with, dude. I just want to make time notes. If uh, if you hear me announcing her home address or something, you can stop me. (laughs) Otherwise, yeah, her name's Hillary. I've I've announced it previously, so. So anyway, um, yeah, so we had tickets to Jack Johnson and I did not really want to go because I just didn't want to be reminded of it all. But then Jamie and Charlie got extra tickets. They were going to bring the kids and everyone invited me to come out. So 
Yeah, we went out and saw the concert, and we went out as a whole family circle, the five of us. <laughs> it's crazy, but and it went well, dude. Right? I, I mean, personally, I had a few little struggles just with the whole being out in public and being at yeah. a show, or you know, blah blah blah. But uh, no, it, it went really well. Everyone had a really nice time, and um, you know, had more chats with Charlie. Charlie is now texting me. Like we're now texting buddies. Oh. We text about father issues and he texts me, you know, just, you know, keep your chin up and all that stuff. Like, again, I, I can remember an error where I asked, like, give me that guy's phone number. And it was like, you will <laughs> never have that man's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Right. And yeah, now we're buddies. So we're texting back and forth. And, you know, I shared a little bit of that with Rachel last night. Uh, Rachel's who, who she's my wife and uh, she was blown away that he was you know show, first of all just showing you that kindness and everything but she thought it was kind of cool that it was happening and uh i i agree dude i mean yeah the guy's paid his time now for what he's done or what he uh, was involved in yeah and by and the way he told me if you have any questions about my past I i'll tell you anything and my initial response to him was you don't owe me any explanations for your past but kind of think we should get him on the show Dude, I, I don't know how. I mean, seriously, I, I don't know how we cannot. I have so many questions that yes. only he can answer. He spent over twenty years in San Quentin, yeah, the most famously not good prisons uh, uh, in the country. So I wanted to know: Did you bump into Scott Peterson? Uh, I want to <laughs> yeah. know: Did you bump into certain people? And I want to know. There's so many questions I have. Yeah, and I, you know, we could get. I'm sure any former prisoner of San Quentin on the air with us, but uh, it would be really interesting to have a candid conversation, especially yeah. if he is so open to it. Um, uh, he's worked as far as I'm uh, informed, he's working in some programs where this is not completely out of his life. He's trying to help people that are in a similar situation to him. So yes. it would just be interesting to talk to you all the way around, dude. Yeah, like you said, anyone who spent that amount of time in a prison, I would love to talk to just to hear the crazy, the horrific, what you know, just what that life must have been like. But uh, yeah, so I think we're gonna have to book him on one of these shows and just <laughs> have a little chat. Not to what embarrass somebody chances? means or no, anything, no, 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 that's yeah. not like that at all. Yeah, yeah I, I'm proud of the way he's reformed and doing in life. You know, I don't, I, I would only give him kudos and, and appreciation for that, but it would be interesting to hear some of the, the shit. Yes. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So I'll, I'll work on getting him booked for a future episode. <laughs> Any chance uh, that you can think of that you uh, guys may end up just being sort of buddies that go out and do things together? It some dirt bike riding? Like yeah, you, maybe. you, him, and Cross, you know, go out do some dirt bike riding. Again, it's hard for me to like compute this and say like, yes, I can see Charlie and I be buddies, but go based fishing. on the last several weeks, yeah, I can see it happening. Like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Why don't you set up a little bit about our guest? Uh, she should be here in a couple two minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for her to pop in any moment here. But um, so, given everything I've just told you all, I have to move forward with my life. You know. I, I got to put the pieces back together. I have to keep my family together. I have to keep a home so my children can come here. Yeah. And at some point I have to start dating again. Like I'm a lover. I want my partner. I want my <laughs> fucking person. I thought I had my person. I've been looking for 46 years and I thought I found them and I didn't. Easy. Oh, please. Yeah. So yes, I know I'm, I'm fresh out of a 
horrific relax. tragedy. Just, just, just let it happen. Nice and easy. Yeah. There you go. Let it wash over you like a wave. Grief is fun. Listen, don't but worry I gotta, about it. I, I I'll go find slow. Out how to move I'll on. go real slow. Are you, you on uh, the internet dating, Bruce? Have I have you seen you on that? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, you guys but, are both doing the internet dating, and I'm, 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 uh, hold I'm, on, hold I'm on, everywhere. Man. Good. I'm glad, and we can talk about some of your. Oh, okay, so here's here's our guest. So okay, listen, I got a whole thing that maybe we'll just bring up with her, but um, okay, uh, you know. So let's let's bring her on. I'll introduce her. We'll get her up to speed, and then we will uh, we'll start to have the discussion. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see how this is working. Julie, are you there? Hello, hello. Oh. Hi there. Oh, ah, there she is. To my video. Hold on. All right, everybody. Uh, this is Julie, uh, Julie Spira. Spira. Oh, Spira. 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 <laughs> yes. All right, Julie, can you hear us? Can you see us all? I hear you. I see you all. Yeah. Perfect. I'm Steve. The uh, Well, yeah, everyone else introduced themselves. Hi, I'm Nick. And uh, I'm Brewski. And now this Nick just felt like the dating Brewski. game all of a sudden. Oh, my gosh. I know. Which, <laughs> which ones of you are single? Is anyone single in this group? Well, yeah. we'll catch you up on that story. Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Brewski is our producer and sidekick. He's in Boston. Nick and I are the hosts. He's up in Seattle. I'm in Lake Tahoe, California. Where, where are you at? Just in the country, if you don't mind us asking. Well, I was in Lake Tahoe <laughs> earlier oh, wow. this month, but I'm in Palm Springs today where it's probably like 117 or some crazy number. Yeah. Yeah. What has been going on with this heat wave, man? It's just been uh, killing everybody. Some people literally, but right. uh, Steve and I are uh, uh, hosting this program from a very hot place. Uh, we yes. don't have air conditioning, so we're doing yeah. our best. <gasps> and according to the news today, this West Coast heat wave peaks today at exactly this time right now. So this is as hot as it's going to be. So well, yeah, good. where you're at, it's even hotter. So. <laughs> Um, Julie, before I catch you up on what we've all been discussing that we're bringing you on board here, why don't you, uh, Julie Spira, you're with cyberdatingexpert.com. Explain what makes you a dating expert. That's a great question. What makes me a dating expert? Well, I started dating online and coaching singles on dating online over 25 years ago. Wow. I, think Co- oh. I think Cosmo dubbed me the pioneer of online dating. Oh, Okay. We have an expert then, everyone. <laughs> yes, I would say so. Yeah. I don't know if this is a fair question, but are you married or in a relationship? Uh, that's a very fair question. Um, I am in a relationship with somebody I met online. Oh, okay. So it can work out. Yes, okay, it can. good. All right. So uh, cyberdatingexpert.com. What, what are, is your site just strictly coaching, basically? It's not an actual online dating site, or is it? <laughs> No, it's actually dating advice. Um, I provide a bunch of dating advice on the site. People send me private messages. I answer their questions and ask the cyber dating expert. And it's just a place for people to go when they're feeling lonely and they need a little hand-holding. Gotcha. Okay. And do you have uh, advice on breakups? If you're good at putting people together, are you an expert on breakups too? Oh, yes. It's, it's actually like we have these peaks in our business. And I think there's a peak right now for breakup season. Uh, just because the summer is over and cuffing season, which we'll get into in a little bit, is around the corner. So anybody who had a summer romance, that may be dwindling down. I, I see. Is I it also a truth that, that uh, like a lot of people decided to shack up during COVID and now that things are starting to get better, that people are running away from each other? Well, that, that's also a great question. During COVID, you know, people who just started dating, it was like, okay, do we move in together or break up? 
because people right, had to right. quarantine and they wanted to feel safe. So we have what we call fast track relationships. And those are the relationships that maybe they went out for a weekend, maybe they went out for on three or four dates. And they're like, do we like each other enough to cohabitate? Otherwise, you know, we might as well just break up now or end up as a digital pen pal. So there were a lot of relationships. People were very lonely and looking to connect during the early days of the pandemic more than ever. Yeah, that whole thing is fascinating to me because I know a few people who did exactly what you said. Few a uh, month of dating and they thought, well, do we get together or break apart? And getting together and moving in with somebody that quickly that you don't know all that well. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose it could work sometimes, but well, I had told the story on the last episode about the fact that I started dating somebody right before COVID. So when it started, I wasn't like head over heels with the woman, but I was also like, I don't want to spend the plague alone. So <laughs> right. I kind of kept the relationship going. And kept dating, you know, cyber dating and all that. And then eventually found someone else. But yeah, I had that same conundrum of like, I don't just want to be locked home alone. Like I'd rather be with someone than, but if it's not Mr. or Mrs. Wright, Mrs. Wright for now. Right. But what happened to that (laughs) pandemic relationship? How long did it last? Well, so two parts to that answer that one. So we had started at the beginning of the pandemic, but I kept internet dating. And then I met a woman who I, we eventually, after weeks of chatting, met on a park bench six feet apart. You know, we wanted to try to keep by the rules and all that, but we fell head over heels in love. I immediately ended the other relationship and that woman and I were together for two and a half years. We got engaged this past Christmas. Um, I have two kids that, you know, we've been living together for two years, uh, raising them together. We called each, you know, called ourselves a family and we just bought a new home together and then moved in together. And then one day I came home and the locks were changed and she was just gone. Haven't seen or heard from her since. Just, Wait, just... she she ghosted you. You were engaged, and she yeah. ghosted you. Yeah, super ghosted. Changed the locks on the house. Threw me out to the street. Had to no uh, go through a lawyer to get all my crap back. Oh my gosh, no note. Okay, so the, you know the good news is yeah. you get to start over with somebody who's not crazy who's going to do such a thing. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Right? Who does that? If I told you, hey Julie, I'm going to break up with my my uh, my girlfriend, my fiance, and she's got kids. My plan is just to change the locks and vanish. Is that a healthy way to handle that? Oh, we would call you a dickhead right away. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad to hear the expert is, uh, yeah, all the studio audience is going crazy. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Julie, uh, that's my current situation. Nick is happily married. I was about to be happily married. Brewski has been single for a while. So, I guess my first question would be any advice for somebody that's just been through a unnecessarily devastating, ridiculously bad breakup? Well, that is devastating and bad. I would say you have to keep reminding yourself that you dodged a bullet. Could you imagine if you had to get a lawyer just to get your things back? Can you imagine if you got married, how difficult it would be to get unmarried? So you, you did, you dodged a bullet. And I think, you know, relationships take time and you did have, you know, invest an amount of time. And I always say you need to be with someone through every season. Well, you did that twice. But, you know, the numbers are, the divorce rates are high. So take your time, especially with children involved. Yes. What does that mean, Julie, to take your time? This is because that's a big question we're debating. Conversation that Steve and I are having. I mean, uh, obviously, before you came on, Steve, uh, let everyone know that he is a lover. Steve, I've, I've known Steve for over half my life. Steve does not like to be alone. And I don't know many people who do, but some people are more comfortable with it than others. 
But Steve is self-reclaimed. He does not want to be alone. He'd rather have a loving relationship and jump right back in. Yes. I, 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 I'm a partner person. I want to find my person. I've been looking my whole life. I was married for 17 years, divorced three years ago, and started back out. And I knew it was a numbers game. I just had to meet as many people as I could to try to find my person. And now I feel like I've wasted two and a half years. And every day I don't get myself back out there. Maybe I just missed her at the coffee shop. Maybe she just signed up on Hinge and I'm not on there. Like I'm racked by these questions. So how long am I supposed to be waiting? Until the right one comes along. That could be tomorrow. That could be a year from now. No one has the magic wand to say, hey, the perfect one for you is, uh, is at that coffee shop down the street. But what I can tell you is that you have to be in the game. You have to play to win. And most people don't want to be alone. I did a survey on dating in the age of COVID-19 during the pandemic and found out that 83% of singles said they wanted to be in a long-term meaningful relationship, a committed relationship more now than ever, as compared to, I think, 3 to 4% said they couldn't wait to get back to hooking up like they did before. So wow. the good news is there are a lot of people that are looking for meaningful relationships. And I think this fall, leading into this holiday season, when people are just so over the COVID rules to a certain degree, that people are going to be much more open with their hearts. Hmm. That's interesting. So here's a question for you. It's how to find that person, right? Like, I feel like internet dating is the only option. I feel like in the Me Too era, that for me to go up to a woman at Starbucks and hit on her is like creepy and inappropriate. I know that's the classic way to meet someone, but I don't feel like I can do that. So I feel like internet dating is the only viable option. Well, you got to hit on her though. I mean, why, why can't you just uh, start out with a friendship and a conversation? It's still creepy. You're at Star. Hey, how you doing? You live around here? I do like, it all the time. And oh, I'm yeah. married, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, not for it to lead anywhere, but I, I talk to people all the time. I don't know why it's you're going to you're going to make it creepy if you but want. But that's to. the thing. You're just being a nice guy chatting to people. Nick does this. He chats people up. Everyone loves Nick. He's got this Everybody ability. Loves Nick. Yes, but I don't oh, have I that ability. Most people don't like me. Nick has the art of Nick has the art of flirting down. And so you need to practice Steve, your flirting skills. And, and, and you have to look at everyone as like a potential new friend. I'm not saying to go to Starbucks to look for friends. I'm saying that you don't know if it's going to go the distance. You don't even know if you're going to get to a first date. But nice. talk to people and figure out, is this somebody that I like in my social network that I would bring to a party? But how do and you really it, do that at a Starbucks or something? Because the advantage don't do online it at dating Starbucks. is... You can see age, children, politics, alcohol use. Like, you know so much about someone before you ever approach them. But in Starbucks, she could be pretty, but if she's a Trump lover, get away from me. <laughs> well, in any event, yeah, you have to be on your mobile phone. That is for sure. And you need to be on one to three dating apps. And you need okay. to log on three times a day. Most definitely at 7 p.m. at night. What are you doing at 7 p.m. at night? Hmm. Okay. See, these are good notes. This is why we're talking no, to everyone. And, and the reason is because people um, come home from work or they've gone on a bad date and they're kind of feeling like discouraged or lonely. And they go and they log on to their dating profile. They wonder what's wrong with it. They change the photos around. Uh, they change the graphics and the text here and there. But that's the time. 7 to 9 p.m. is kind of what we call in our business peak dating time or hmm. at least peak scrolling time on your dating apps where you can swipe left or right. Interesting. And what are some good sites nowadays? 
You know, it really depends on what you're looking for. Now, you mentioned Hinge. So is that how you met your last uh, relationship on yes. Hinge? Yes. Okay. So you probably have a bad taste in your mouth about Hinge at this moment in time. A little bit. Sorry, Hinge. Yeah. If you want to sponsor the show, I'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, so, so, right. so we're going to break up with Hinge right now. Okay. But I would say, you know, off the top of my head, you should probably be on like Match and Bumble. And the reason mm. I say that is because Match has more members than almost any dating site. And Bumble is so easy to use. And since the women have to make the first move and say hello first in the chat, you know, you have less likelihood of rejection when you match with somebody on Bumble. Yeah, there's a lot of rejection in internet dating, I've noticed. Because even if you oh, send yeah. out a like and they don't send one back, you realize like, geez, I sent out 30 likes yesterday and no one replied. So yeah, there's a lot of hurt going on there. But that's okay. It's part of the process. I get it. Now, okay, so I will confess to you guys now, and uh, I think Nick probably knows this, but maybe two weeks after this devastating breakup, I started getting back on social dating or dating apps because I wasn't ready, but I was so rejected that I just wanted to have some form of human interaction, maybe have somebody give me a like, maybe I could feel not completely worthless. So I, I did sign up for a couple and I've just been sort of browsing around. But uh, the big question everyone keeps saying is, you know, how long do you have to wait? But, you know, what's what's too soon? What's too long? Is there some indicator in my heart that will tell me you're ready? Or do I just put one foot in front of the other? Oh, I think you're ready. You're just waiting for the right one just to sort of show up on your screen and end up on a date with. But here's the thing. It does take time. And I would say that the most important thing is to be proactive. And so what if 30 people don't like you today? Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. I think I know what women want on, on dating apps. Let me tell you what I think they're looking for based on the feedback I've gotten over the years. You yes. tell me if I'm right or wrong. Please tell fair? us. Okay. It's, pretty, <laughs> it's relatively simple. Um, first of all, they want a man who is tall. I didn't understand that before. I'm six foot two, so I'm good there. They want a man who's outdoorsy and they want a man who's funny. I hear that on every single profile. What do you think about that? Outdoorsy, funny, and tall. Shouldn't I have people late? I should have a line outside the studio door, right? Well, it sounds like you, know, you sound like every other profile. The problem is men complain that women's profiles and their, and their wish lists are all the same. And then women complain. They look at the guy's profile and their lazy profiles, and they all look the same. Hmm. So the bottom line is, yes, people want someone with a sense of humor. But if you put it in your profile or you say you're looking for that, or you say you have a good sense of humor. It's just too cliche. Yeah. So, so you, so, so you have but to I sort do. of just, <laughs> I know, but you, but you say it in your messages you know, you add a little winky emoji. I mean, okay. you do funny things other than sounding like, you know, remember no one can hear your voice just yet unless they're listening to you on the air. Yeah. And then, and then as a result, you need to kind of, you know, put, you know, dot, dot, dot little as again, you know, smile, emojis, flirt emojis, those things mm. actually add more personality to your messages. But don't play the waiting game. If you see someone you like and they write back to you, don't go, okay, I'm going to look too needy if I write back in five minutes. If yes. you don't write back in five minutes, I'm telling you that 10 other men will. So you got you to gotta, you gotta be in the game. So one of my profiles simply says, yes, I'm tall. Yes, I'm funny. Yes, I'm outdoorsy. And I have a job. Like, what a catch, right? <laughs> Is that is that too on the nose? Or? No, dude. Get, I'll tell you. I'm not the expert. Get rid of that, dude. Get rid yeah, of that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm it just giving them what me, they want. 
And I'm also no, very humble. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I, I would say that I need to critique your profile. That is an absolute <laughs> necessity. But, but here's the thing about height, okay? Yeah. Most men, women also, they want a man who's six foot tall or above, okay? Yep. Statistically, and, and this is really a mind blower, statistically, only 14% of men in the United States are six feet tall or, or taller, six feet yeah. higher. So as a result, that means like 85% of guys under six feet aren't getting like, you know, they're not having sex, they're not going on dates, not getting married. Of course they are. So you don't need to say you're tall if you happen to put in your height is six foot two. A girl woman's going to scroll. Does he have a job? Yeah, okay. Who did he vote for? Okay. Oh, he's over six feet tall. Oh, and so then- don't be so direct and honest. Is what but you be indirect about the height because that <laughs> that is key. And if you say it twice, you're going to sound insecure. Uh, Nick, do you see the games that go on here? I don't. I, but you're creating them. I mean, I want you to. I was trying tell, to answer them. You want a tall, funny, outdoorsy guy? Here I am. I'll no, just I tell want, you that. Yeah, me. but Not at the same every, time. Not everyone wants that. I want you to calm oh, do. down a little bit. I want you to just <laughs> calm down a little bit and you're going to talk to some people. And if the conversation goes well, maybe they become more attractive to you than you thought initially. Like uh, you're going to weave a little web mm. with each other. Just relax a little bit. Yeah. Brewski, what do you got to say? <laughs> well, I, I don't think you have to actually come right out and say I'm tall or I have a job and I'm funny and I'm outdoorsy. And I, I mean, I that, literally that, said that. Yes. Go no, ahead. But, and, and I get that, but you, but you don't have to, you don't have to do that because they'll find it out. Like Nick says, as you're having a conversation, as you're getting to know each other, okay. you know, you get, right. you're, like, you're so you're good old, at the art of conversation and you're missing all that up front here. Ooh, I'm trying just, to make it like Amazon prime. Like here's my stats. Just order it. Right. That's not, that's not <laughs> and, what people want. Do you want the next day delivery? Do you want the two day delivery? Yeah. I want prime now. Like get <laughs> on over here. Now. But here's the thing, another, yeah. another tip that, that we really need to look at when I'm, this is why I want to see your profile. You are only as attractive as your least attractive photo. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I was so, going to ask you about photos. I know so, I'm not doing the bare chest in the bathroom mirror crap, but what other <laughs> kind of pictures should you, or should you not be posting? No well, fish pictures. Yeah, no fish pictures, especially if there are no fish pictures. But if you say you're outdoorsy, don't say it, show it. Everything should be yeah. like every picture tells a story like the song. You should have pictures showing you doing things that you enjoy doing, things that you're passionate about. And if you like hiking, a picture on a trail. Um, if you like fishing, just don't hold the fish because women hate those photos. I mean, yeah, just show yourself, show yourself on a boat. That, that shows that you're outdoorsy because you're on a boat, you're on a hiking trail. Oh, but also, okay. show, also show that you can dress up nicely for a date or, you know, a Christmas dinner. You know, it's so funny. One of my pro, all my pictures are almost what you described, like me on a mountain bike or skiing or out in, you know, like, I think I'm doing it pretty well, but one of them is almost a sarcastic picture. I was at a family wedding and it looks like I'm posing for a J crew model, like cover shot. I've got, <laughs> I've got a, 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 a croquet mallet over my shoulder with a glass of wine and I'm in a nice suit. And, and some woman the other day was like, I liked your profile because of that one picture. And I'm just like, that's really not me. But I, I guess I can clean up when I need to, but I'm more of a t-shirt kind of guy. Well, which actually brings advertising. me advertising. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I can clean up too, but okay. what about deal breakers? Like some women beard, no way. Kids, no way. Just put it out there and say, screw it. Like you can't hide that stuff, right? 
don't hide what what the truth is. I mean, the, the worst thing is to be inauthentic. If someone doesn't want to be with somebody with children and they see someone has children in the profile, they'll just move on to the next profile. So I, I don't believe in exploiting children, but I do believe in sharing, hey, I'm a dad, I'm a single dad, love my kids, they're 12 and 14. You know, just put it out there because if someone you know, we'd like to blend families, great. And if someone is like, oh, he doesn't have time for me because he's too busy, you know, mm. being a single dad, right. um, then great. They just didn't, they didn't waste your time. They yeah. didn't waste your time. Yeah, that makes sense. Can you do me a favor and pass a message along to the women of online dating? I, <laughs> I, I do not want to see your filter pictures with kitty cat ears or stars circling around. And I don't want to see group pictures. That yes. drives me nuts. Group pictures. First of all, I feel like the detective that's got the bulletin board with pictures and strings connecting everything. Like I'm trying to figure out which one's you in this picture and that picture. And the other problem you created is one of your friends is always going to be better looking than you. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, is the one on the end you? No, it's not. Dang it. Ah, oh, jeez. And what's, what about, you, what's about the feet pictures too? Why do women put pictures of their feet on, on, on these things? I haven't it, seen that. I don't know what side you're on. Uh, no, no, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> but when they when they want to show their outdoorsy, they will show a picture of them in a kayak. But they'll be taking a picture of like going towards the kayak. But then they, oh, they, they, okay. they they've got their I've feet seen some, right there. Yeah, you're that right. That means I've they're in that. paradise, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's just they're just trying to tell you they're enjoying life. Brisky. I don't want to see your feet. I don't want to yeah. see your feet. I don't care. Well, how, click how, to how, the next picture, dude. Oh, God, Julie, no. what, what do you think? Hearing guys give this sort of feedback. What do I think of guys? <laughs> no, no, no. When you, when you hear us saying things like, don't oh, show your feet. I, I don't want to see kitty cat ears on you. I don't need the whole wedding party. Like, Do you hear these things often? I do all the time. And I look at these profile photos and I'm coaching singles. I'm like, what's this with all of your girlfriends, your posse friends? You look like you're either a partier or some man is going to be confused. He's not going to know which person is going to show up on the date. Yes. So I believe that your profile should be just you, only you. Yes, it could be scenic. Don't post pictures with your kids. Don't post pictures with your friends. And for goodness sake, don't post pictures where you cut an arm off of someone that used to be your ex. Yes. Yes. I always see that. It's like, I, like, I don't know that's your ex <laughs> who you put a smiley face sticker over his face or yeah, cut half his arm off. What about uh, how honest should you be when it comes to like alcohol use, marijuana use, drug use, like all the sites let you say or not say that kind of stuff. Should that be a mystery or put it out there? I tend to steer away from that. Um, I just feel like, you know, it's interesting. Nobody knows if you say you're 420 friendly, like, you know, are you a stoner? Do you smoke all day long? Do you smoke only in the afternoons? Is it right. just a weekend recreational thing? So I just don't put it in at all. Same thing with drinking. I get some of the sites and some of the apps say that, you know, you drink occasionally, you drink every day. I mean, nobody wants to date an alcoholic. Nobody wants to get in a car wreck with someone driving drunk. But at the end of the day, there are people who do like to go out on dates with people who they might be able to have a drink with. Um, but, yep. you know, but if someone doesn't drink, I mean, that's also a big, huge trend. People don't want to get sloshed on a first date. And they also don't want to like, you know, go home with somebody on the first date necessarily. So people are ordering mocktails on first dates, which I think is really terrific. Go ahead and order a mocktail. And the only purpose of a first date is to decide if you like the person enough to go on a second date. That is it. It's like an interview for the next date. That's it. Yeah. And won't you be able to tell easier if you're sober? I mean, I always like people more when I'm drunk and then think, oh, well, what did I do? So yeah, have a mocktail. Why'd you make a face at that, Brewski? 
because because if I'm going on a date and we're going to have we're going to meet at a bar or something, I can have a drink. I can have yeah. two drinks, not get drunk and still have all my faculties with uh, and say, mm. make a good decision on whether I like this person or not. Now, right. other people may not be able to. Right. But I but 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 I can. Yeah, I don't think you should be getting sloshed on a first date, but no, it's, it's a bit of a red flag. Like there was one woman that messaged me and her thing says sober. I'm like, eesh, like yeah. you can't have a drink at all. Like what's the history there? Or some people that say never smoke marijuana versus socially or occasionally. Like I'd rather hear someone say, I occasionally smoke. I'm like, okay, that's workable. But if you're never, then that's kind of a red flag to me. Cause I like to do it socially every now and again. So I don't know. Should we be judging on those things, Julie? I think people are very judgmental. I don't think that necessarily belongs in your profile because it'll come up in conversation. If you're mm. having a chat with somebody, it may come up and you might say, oh, by the way, I'd like to get high every once in a while. It's different than somebody saying, hey, I've got to go find my dealer. And yes. so people, <laughs> when you put it in black and white, you know, people just make up their own minds based upon the other person they were with, what they might think mm. of you. And, you know, having a drink or two on, on follow-up dates is, you know, fine because you've got, you're getting to know each other. But here's the thing. Women, here's another little secret. Women watch men and they count how many drinks they have on a date. And being judgmental, they'll go, oh, he had one drink or he had a half a drink. And then if somebody has three or four drinks, you know, they're counting the drinks and then that's it. Yeah. You know, no, that's fair. They, yeah. They, yeah. they unmatch you and they block you. Nick, let me ask you a question. Would it be a deal breaker for you if a woman was a, a hardcore conservative, Trump lover, mega hat wearing, would that be an automatic deal breaker? Or is that being prejudiced on your part? Uh, it'd be a deal breaker for me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just don't have that much in common with somebody like that or somebody with those views. So, yeah. I mean, I can have a conversation with them. And we could have dinner together, but I, I'm not looking to date anyone that has that different of views. No. And what do you think about that, Julie? Is that a common thing? And is it um, appropriate? Well, yes, it's common and it's appropriate. And, you know, during the election season, people were really, really adamant about would they date across party lines? Would they date a Trump supporter? And people really put their stakes in the ground. So you'd see on the dating apps, swipe left if you voted right. Right. And that's that was an indirect way of saying, you know, I'm left the center. Or I'm One of my profiles literally says, if you love Trump, just keep on going. Like, am I OK to be that explicit? Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think it comes down to values, because if you are looking yeah. for someone to, to, to date and and possibly maybe it could go someplace, you, you want someone that shares the same values as you. And, and what's important to you. And, yeah. and, and that's a that's, good metric. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree. On that topic, uh, we're talking with Julie Spiro with cyberdatingexpert.com. Um, here's a question for you, Julie. Nick and I were debating this the other night. I feel like I'm a, um, for lack of better term, a dating racist or prejudiced. Like, I feel like I have my type and that's what I'm looking for. And if you're not in that category, for whatever it is, ethnicity, height, weight, whatever. I like, I'm just like, nope, next, next. It's not what I'm looking for. I, I feel like if I did that in any other level of society, I'd be a terrible person. And I don't, I'm a lefty liberal. I'm very open-minded and progressive, all that. But when I get on dating sites, I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. Don't like the way you look. Is that uncommon? Oh, yeah. How should I address that? <laughs> it's not uncommon, especially for men. You know, you guys, you're very visual. You know what you like, you know what you don't like. 
that doesn't mean you have to date the same person over and over again when they've been ended up as failed relationships. (laughs) So you need to kind of jump out of your comfort circle. So for example, go to a party and let's say you're chatting with someone that probably wouldn't be your dating type, but suddenly you found them so intellectually stimulating or you found something really funny about them or you found things in common. And would you say, you know, I'm really enjoying talking to you, but I have a type and my type is this height, this color hair, this, this, and you don't look like that. So I'm not going to move on to the next conversation. You know, that's not going to happen. No, that's a great point. But that's a real life thing where you can have that conversation in chemistry. When you're online dating, it has to start with attraction, right? I mean, there is nothing else. There needs to be attraction, but there's something that we call the sapiosexuals. And those are people that are attracted to intellect. And maybe again, we talked about values. And when you talked about that, that's where the politics comes into play. You want to be able to watch some of the same TV shows or the same TV news shows. And you might even want to have a discussion. We have different points of views on some things, Mm -hmm. but not everything. And so you need to look at your type and you need to just sort of, you know, widen the scope and cast a wider net. Mm. Nick, thoughts on that? Because I know you were telling me I got to open my eyes a little. I think it would help. I mean, listen, you have no idea who I mean, even with your exes, if you think about all your exes, there were things about them that they, they looked the same. Well, they did look the same. Yeah. I mean, that was a little creepy, but uh, there were things that they did that you had no interest in before you started dating them. Yeah, and sure. when you get into the spirit of everything, like some of your stuff might change. I feel like you're just a little hard right up the front. No, no, no. Yes. Just loosen up a little bit and have that, have a little bit of a conversation. Like, I feel like you're going to know. I feel like you're going to know when you start talking to somebody like uh, Julie was staying. I think people can become more attractive to you yeah. through, through other things. Here's something else I've noticed, Julie. I was at a concert last night and I saw a lot of women that I thought if I saw your picture online, I would just swipe left and be done with you. But here in real life, like, hey, you, you seem fun. You got a good energy about you. We're at the same concert together. Like, how do you how do you split those two worlds where real world, you may get a different vibe, but online only you're just going off a picture and a few stats. Well, online is, you know, the best version of yourself. It's like, you know, not the day that you're hungover, not the day that, you know, you didn't get a good night's sleep. And the reality is, is the only point of going online is to meet someone offline and to develop an offline relationship. Mm, So you need to sort of merge the two a little bit and say, if this is a person that, um, that I met offline that I wouldn't have met online, well, maybe I need to broaden my horizons, which is what we're all telling you. So don't, you know, it really comes down to, we know about looks and superficiality, but if somebody really looks hot and looks like your type, and then they open their mouth and they just say like really stupid things and you just can't (laughs) connect at all. They're just suddenly, they're not so attractive anymore. Yeah. hundred percent. And you've been there before too. So there's no reason it can't be the other way around. You see those people in person and you get to see their energy, even if you're not talking to them, if you're just looking at them, you know, and you don't get to see that on a picture, but this whole online dating thing makes you braver in a sense to be able to shut people down so fast. Yeah. You know, it is like Amazon. It's easy just to swipe and look for something different or better. And that's probably not a good way to look at humans. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so now I need to search your, I need to view your browsing history, right? Oh. Well, I have no, a deal with Nick. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I drop dead, Nick's coming over. 
clearing all that. But... Oh, clearing your computer. Okay. Oh, I joke. I joke. Let no, me I do want you... you to send me my. I do want you to send me your profile. I am so curious oh, really? right now to, uh, to critique it. Okay. And, uh, and we'll do that. So I'll tell you, I am back on Hinge because I don't want to hold it against Hinge. Uh, I'm on Bumble and I did Facebook. Uh, and you know, Facebook. Oh. Facebook is nice because it's free, but. Oof, it seems to yeah. be uh, a bit of a wasteland. I have, there's a couple of, I don't know, it's like one out of a hundred. You flip through 99 before you find one normal person on there. So any thoughts on Facebook? You know, everybody was very nervous when Facebook came out with Facebook dating uh, because technically they could have been the world's largest dating site yeah. or dating app if they got it right, but they didn't and nobody was using it. And it became, you know, kind of, not really where people are going for looking for a serious relationship. They're lazy. They log on and then, then they don't check for a month. So yeah, I really feel yeah. that you get what you pay for. And that's why the dating apps, when you sign up for some of the little premium features, uh, and I'm not promoting one over the other. I'm just saying that you, know, you show up more frequently in a search. You have more mm. bells and whistles to play with. But when you get what you pay for and Facebook yeah. is free and there aren't a lot of people using it. I got a really good used couch on Facebook, though. So shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't that equal out? I mean, come on. What is your whole thought process uh, on eHarmony? You know, eHarmony, I used to love eHarmony. You know, when I first got in this business, you know, 28 years ago, eHarmony started in uh, 2000. So they're out for 22 years now. And they really were like a matrimonial dating site because yeah. the people that were on eHarmony were just looking for marriage. And they didn't mind if somebody lived halfway across the country, they moved. And uh -huh. so, so the, the company has been sold. And as a result, I don't have a lot of my clients on eHarmony anymore because hmm. it's just not as user-friendly as some of the other dating apps. That's and, interesting. Okay. And you know, also the, the survey on there, because I tried it years ago. Like you, it's involved. You, oh my gosh. You got to sit down and have a sandwich and something to drink. And, and I mean, <laughs> it, you're, you're, you're pot committed right there. You're, you just to even get that survey done. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's you're a, looking for the love of your life, dude. You're no, worried about dude, a no, no, Nick, dude, you've dude, never Nick. filled it out. It's like doing a college thesis. It's <laughs> so involved. Julie, are we right? Or are we right? It's, it's no, like a body right. cavity <laughs> search. Yes. No, you have to answer 250 questions. It'll take you an hour and a half. And then the algorithms might say, I'm sorry, we don't have anybody that fits your criteria. And then yeah. you're like deflated. <laughs> like, I just went through all of this to find the love of my life and they can't right. find me one match. Yeah. So, I've had well. people ask me like, how, how, how has online dating treated you? And I say, well, <laughs> 17 years ago, I met my wife on there on match when it was a brand new thing. Uh, divorced now and then I met my fiance on hinge single now so I don't know if I've had good experiences or the worst experiences how should I judge that sort of takeaway Julie one you wife shouldn't. one fiance now I'm single thank you online dating <laughs> right but but right now it's the number one way that singles are meeting so couples mm. the, the number one way that couples are connecting is through online dating and dating apps and it's and so they did a survey. There was, was a Stanford survey way before the pandemic. I think it was 2017. How did you meet your significant other? And they had like, you know, you know, bars through friends, you know, online dating and online dating was down here like 20 years ago and then here 10 years ago. And then in 2017, it was double the amount. This is pre-pandemic the yeah. way of the way people are meeting. I think it was 39 percent of couples met online, 20 percent met through friends. So for everyone out there who says, I only want to meet someone through a friend, you know, it's not happening. 
Your friends aren't no. setting you up. And I've noticed that with myself years ago when Jamie and I would say we met online, we felt like we were internet perverts or something. And now it's how everyone meets. It's gone from, yeah, from back alley to you know, the front windows. So. When I was single for a, a short time, I tried a, a service called Just for Lunch. You ever heard of it? Yes, I have. <laughs> Uh, well, just for lunch is, uh, first of all, it was extremely expensive. Yes. Uh, but you would go out and meet people at more of not a speed dating type thing, but it was more of a matchmaker service. Should Steve get into anything like that to get to see people in person? I mean, I know there's those events like speed dating and everything else. Are those a positive thing to go to? They are. I think speed dating events, I'm not saying you're going to find the one, I'm saying that you need an online and an offline strategy. And if the offline strategy means that there's a speed dating event somewhere within 45 minutes of where you live, you should sign up and go and just look at it as your entertainment for the evening. And if you meet someone, great. And if you don't, you went out, you met a variety of different people, and you had some great three-minute conversations. Got a little practice under your skin, got back out there. Exactly. Yep. No, makes sense. All right. We're talking with Julie Spira. She's with cyberdatingexpert.com. Her social media handle is at Julie Spira and that's S-P-I-R-A. Julie, I really appreciate all your time. I've got one last question for you. If you've got just uh, two more minutes for us. Go ahead. All right. Nick, uh, Nick kind of knows the backstory of this, but when, when I got divorced, I I dated a person or two didn't go well. And I started just racking up first dates. I figured it was a, it was a numbers game, right? I got to meet every single woman in this entire two hour radius and just go through them. And I went through a ton of first dates, uh, in the first week of March, 2020, I had a first date with a woman, a a lawyer uh, nearby, (laughs) and it was great. It was a phenomenal first date. We both like really hit it off. We, uh, you know, we kissed goodnight. Uh, we were planning on a second date and then the world shut down. Uh, you know, COVID kicked in all the, all the States, everything started shutting down and she and I are both smart liberals. So we had said like, gee, like we can't be meeting in person right now. So let's just kind of try to wait this out. And we tried texting back and forth. I tried doing some online, you know, let's tell me your five top five favorite albums, or let's maybe cook a meal together on cameras. Like I was trying so hard and the distance kept getting greater. And then I met the woman who I was going to, who I, you know, just broke up or just got left by. So I told this woman, like, you know, I'm really sorry, but I've met someone in, you know, and I I feel like I got to pursue what's, you know, in front of me and you and I aren't willing to break the COVID rules. So Never seen or heard from her since, obviously, but I've also never forgotten about her because she was one of the only first dates that I wanted a second date. And I was so smitten with her at the time. I obviously still have her phone number. Um, The question is, first of all, how long do I wait? But more importantly, I don't want this woman, let's just say she's single. I don't want her to feel like she's a rebound. So do I have to like go date another woman or two before I have some credibility to approach this woman? Like, I so badly want to reach out to her, but I don't want to mess it up. Okay, so a couple of questions. One, have you gone on any dates since your breakup? No. All right, well, get one out of the way. Okay. Okay, that's good just, advice. Just, Thank you. It's a, it's a one and done date. <laughs> There's been lots date. of chit chats, but no, no, I haven't said anything. Right. Up. So I'm just, just dipping set up, my toe. Set up, set up a coffee or a lunch with somebody. You know, very nothing over the top, and just go and have a conversation with someone simultaneously, don't put all your eggs in one basket of some girl who might have a ring on her finger by now sure. for all we yeah. know. Yep. So reach out to her like tonight, reach out to her and say, cause Monday night and Tuesday night, this is now like the first, you know, those are nights that people are usually home. 
reach out and say, hi, you know, I've been thinking about you for a while and I know it's been a while. How are you? And then, you know, how are you doing? Would love to connect. That's it. She'll know right away that you broke up. She doesn't need to know exactly when and she doesn't need those gory details. Sure. Your goal with her is to get to a first date now that it's safer to meet in person and then just chit chat back and forth checks. You know, I know we tried to meet once before, but we we're playing it really safe. You know, are you open to you know getting together for lunch? Try gotcha. and get a date on the calendar. Don't make it a high pressure thing. And if she says, well, gee, I thought you were in a relationship, which she will say that. And he's, yes, but, you know, like many others, it didn't work out. End of story. So you go on the date because I'm mm -hmm. very confident you're going to get to go on a date with this girl unless she's engaged. And then she asks you and she will about your ex and just say, oh, I never talk about an ex on the first date. That's sure. It. Yeah, okay. And just That's change fair. the subject and change the subject because nobody really, they think they want to know because they don't want to be the rebound person, but they don't really want to know. They don't want to hear the gory details. It becomes too much drama. And then you go from being the hot guy to maybe not as hot anymore if she left right, you. Right. Nick, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback here from Julie that you know I was wanting to hear. So I know. am I just deluding <laughs> myself? <laughs> are you uh, are you are you on board? Do uh, I set up a Cosmo coffee date? Do I reach you, out Julie? You were the what did Cosmo say about you? Oh, pioneer of online dating. Pioneer of mm. online dating. Who am I, dude? I mean, we're talking to Julie Spira right now. So right? I would say, as a friend who knows your heart and your speed, get out, start talking to people. But don't fall in love too quickly. I mean, let's yeah. play no, the I get long that. game here a little bit. But I mean, if you want to start getting back out and talking to people again, I think it's great, dude. Well, and you know, I got that a lot because I met Hillary six months or whatever after my divorce. Like it was really quick. But as I pointed out, I went on like 30 first dates. It's not like the first woman that was interested in me. I just pounced on. I really was being discriminatory. But then when I met, when I met Hillary and quite frankly, when I met Sandy, the attorney, like I was like... I like them. Like those other ones. No, like there's a spark with those two. Sure. And like I said, the first one, it just COVID screwed us over. And then I went down a different path. So, yeah. And I don't know what the right answer for that is, dude. I mean, I, everybody, I think everybody loves brand new love, love that feels real good and exciting. And I don't know how to temper that or if you're supposed to, but yeah. Uh, I want I'm not going to try to fit a round peg in a square hole unless she's into that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I'm saying I'm not going to force. If anything, what I just went through, I'm going to go way too slow. Go for Everything's going to be a red flag. You'll be all right. Any thoughts on that, Julie? Like, I feel right now I'm going to look at every, I, I had a woman that said yes to being married. We bought a home together, kids to get like, I mean, and that I couldn't believe. So how am I ever supposed to believe someone again? Well, you will, because that was not the right person for you. And unfortunately, you had to go through this journey. And now that, you know, these COVID rules are kind of, you can go out and you can meet in person, you can meet without a mask, you can meet outdoors. I mean, it's up to you to find out what, you have to make a woman feel safe. So it's up to you to find out if somebody want to go to an outdoor dining place. And if so, do it, you know, when the weather is still warm and before cupping season, when people decide to like connect and fall in love between um, October one and Valentine's day. And I it's think hunting with, season right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's cuffing season. <laughs> and I think we're going to get an early start this year. The first day of fall is September 22nd. And mm. it's like, it's like the floodgates are going to go up, open up and anyone mm. whose hearts were broken over the summer, they're going to be looking for a relationship for the right. holidays. This is good insight, Nick. This is why we're talking She's with Julie. Good. This is exactly why we're talking to Julie. All right, Nick and Bruski, before we let her go, does anyone have any other questions, comments, anything? Bruski, right. do you have anything? 
Uh, Julie, I'd like to say uh, you seem like a beautiful person. I see why you're so good at what you do. We thank you for your time on the program today. And maybe if we could send you Steve's profile, like you were asking, we could catch up again in the near future. That sounds great. I'd be happy to critique it live in front of everyone. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that'll be fun uh, for everyone. Uh, <laughs> All right, Julia, <laughs> just remind everyone uh, contact information for your website, however they can find you. Find me at cyberdatingexpert.com. Follow me at Julie Spira on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you can imagine. All right. Julie, we appreciate your time. You've given me some good insight and things to think about. So we'll uh, we'll follow up. This whole show we're doing is sort of reality uh, radio, and it's it's part of, part of it is news and events, but part of it is our lives. So that's why we're talking about all this. So uh, you can join us for that journey if you're uh, willing and able. All right, um, Julie, go ahead, and uh, I don't I don't know how to disconnect anyone on on Zoom. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. I just click leave and I leave. So thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Julie. Thanks, Julie. Take don't forget to send me your profile. Send me screenshots of your profile. I'll yeah. do it. I'll do it. I'm, I'm okay. brave. All right. All right. Bye. All right, Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you. Well. Well. All right, gentlemen. Thoughts on that? Well, let's start out with you, dude. How do you feel about that? You feel good about everything you just heard? I mean, it goes against everything my shrink told me today, but um, I'm more inclined to listen to the dating expert than my personal therapist of two years. What do you mean? Does dude? that seem are right? You, are you willing to tell us what your part of what your shrink told us today? What do you mean? Again, it goes against everything. Well, I mean, I, I asked her the question. I said that, you know, on the show today, we're going to be talking to a dating expert. And the big question is, how long am I supposed to be waiting? Like, when am I ready to get back out there? Yeah. She said, you know, we always check in with my head and with my gut or my head and my heart, right? The logical side or the emotional side. Yeah. So she said, what does your head say? I said, well, my head says that, yeah, I'm ready. I, I'm wasting time. I want to find my person. I'm, I, I, none of the things were my issues per se. I didn't abandon my, my fiance. Like I'm ready. Logically speaking, I am ready to get out there and find my person. Yeah. And your heart. Okay. She said, how, how does the heart feel about that? I said, the heart's scared shitless and wants to run in a corner and cry. Like, I don't, you know, I told yeah. her I was at a concert last night and this can be a whole other story another time, but there was a friend of a friend there and she was standing next to me talking. And on more than one occasion, she touched my arm oh. and it's an old dating rule of thumb that if a woman touches you, not sexually, just touches your shoulder, your yeah. head, like, if they break that barrier, that means they're interested in you because a woman won't do that to right. a guy yes. they're not interested in. Absolutely. Now, I'm not, I don't know if that's actually what was going on with this person. She may just be nice and friendly, but it put me in that situation where I'm out in public, I'm at a concert, I'm with a woman, um, and she just touched my arm. And I kind of freaked out in a like, don't touch me. I am not ready for this. I don't want to talk to you. Really? <laughs> like, now, it didn't, uh, it, it wasn't because of who it was. It was just, no. it could have been anyone. It was being in that situation. And wow. I think that's why Julie's saying, go do a practice round or two, go talk to a human yeah. and get it out of your system because it was, uh, it didn't feel right. And, uh, you know, I'm out of the dating game for two and a half years and then 17 years before that. So it was just like, no. Nope. What do you mean? It felt like it wasn't supposed to happen. Like uh, almost uh, like, oh, I'm cheating. I or, felt like I wasn't ready to be back in that situation again, flirting okay. with some strange woman, you know, like show, okay. show is this like a show us on the doll where she touched you? Uh, no, that might have been fun, but uh, no, I just <laughs> no, you but, know, but, like I no, said, but, no, but I mean that kind of feeling where where it, it was kind of like bit. I yeah. mean I shut down. 
Like it did, yeah. it did, it did stop touching my arm. Like I, it's fine. The, the concert's <laughs> over there. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm in my head thinking, like, dude, like, what do you like? At least practice, you know. Like, See, dude, usually that's such an exciting work. thing is when a girl's touching you, you right. already know, like, oh, she's she must be kind of into me or want to know more. So yeah. if you were freezing up at that, yeah, I would definitely do what Julie said and go on a couple of first dates and at least see if you still feel that same way. And then yes. you'll know you're not quite ready, dude. Yeah, I think so. I have this hard time with my therapist where there are some topics with uh, the ex where she tells me, just avoid the situation. You're not ready. Don't put yourself in harm's way. And yeah. then there's other things where she's like, you know, you got to push through that. Like just cause you two both drink the same coffee doesn't mean you can't drink that coffee anymore. Like you'll get over it, push through it. So I'm having the struggle yes. of what do you avoid for now versus what do you just push through? Yeah. And the issues I'm going to have with the next woman, they're going to be there waiting when it's, if it's tomorrow, if it's next year, like yes. my trust issues and all that stuff. So I feel like if those are the reasons I'm not dating, like that's silly. Like I got to address those at some point. So I might as well go find someone and practice trial by fire. I don't know. All that stuff has been an additive to your life through events and relationships. There's no reason. I mean, obviously, it's going to remind you of that person for a while, but there's plenty of things that I have that uh, were Nick and Heather things that are now Nick and Rachel things, you know, that yeah. have evolved yeah. into different things, you know, but I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't throw everything out for sure. I don't think you should have to throw everything you enjoy out because of that old person, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I know time is needed and it hasn't been that much time yet, but part of me feels like some of this shit is not going away. No matter how much time you let sit. Listen, yeah. when Heather and I broke up, it wasn't a long time. You know, I didn't wait a ton of time before Rachel and I started dating and I only went out on a few dates with different girls before i went out on a date with rachel and we yeah. ended up you know moving in together right away you know i mean that I, we started we moved in together before we were officially dating so it Wait, was what you moved in together before you were officially dating how did that happen well, we were, this well, was in the brief window of our lives where I had left Seattle and I was in Tahoe. So I was a little disconnected for some of that window for you. Was yeah. that Madison? Was Nick, was that Madison park? Yeah, that, yeah, okay. that was Madison park. So Rachel had moved from California to Seattle because her dad was sick and she was trying to start her life up. You know, she had a great job in California, but had to come home because her dad was sick. So she had to get a whole new job and she had moved up here and was living with her parents uh, for the first month and a half or so that she got here. And I had called her up and asked her out on a date. We went out on a date and we kept going out on a few dates, but we hadn't even kissed yet. I mean, I feel like I was feeling something more than friendship. And I don't know if she was quite there yet. Hmm. And at some point she said, uh, you know, like, oh, and I, I, had, I was just out of a relationship. I was living with my sister because I had broken up with Heather and moved out of the house that we just bought. So 
she was like, you know, we both need a place to stay. You know, we should just go grab a two bedroom place and, you know, move in together. And that's, I knew that's flirting right there. Oh, 100%, <laughs> dude. I mean, I knew like once that was in and I was like, gosh, I just that doesn't sound like a great decision, but it sounds like a fun decision. Right. And I'll never forget. She told me, take a leap of faith, see what happens. And I and I listened to that. I went home. She's yeah. like, I was like, she said, take a leap. And I, I think I should do it because I had always played things so safe in my life. Right. So I took the leap and, you know, yeah. here we are. See, I you don't did know if the opposite. Good. Right. Yeah. So is right. that a good role model or a bad role model? I don't know. <laughs> like you took the leap of faith and it worked out. I took the leap of faith and got bent over and screwed upside down. So I, I don't know which is the right logic anymore. Here's the thing, dude. I think you have to, I think you have to manage your leap of faith because uh, I was a young man. You have children now you have, uh, you own a business. I mean, your leap of faith looks different than it did at 23 or 30 even, you know? Yeah, no, that's all fair. And I, and uh, I think see your Steve, your, your situation, the recent one, that's an extreme example. I think most yeah. people aren't going to have that, that same sort of, I hope so. Not. So, I wouldn't so do it to my worst fucking enemy, so I hope well, not. But what I'm saying is, is that you take the <laughs> take that leap, and it, it can't be that bad. Yeah, there's you. no way. There's no way it could get worse, right? Yeah, I had a vasectomy, so it can't get any worse, right? You jumped right into that bad boy too, dude. <laughs> I should I should have asked her that. Should that be on oh, my profile? Because women love that, man. Let me tell you, they do. They absolutely oh, yeah. do. What are you guys talking about? Oh, it's a big deal. Oh dude. yeah, when you're. Yeah, I, People at our age don't want to have to wear condoms, but they also obviously don't want to get pregnant. So to hear that you're a competent 46-year-old business owner and a responsible father and, and I cannot snipped? get pregnant. Yeah, like that's a... Yeah, that's oh, bonus. Dude, yeah. Oh, Hillary threw me a party when I went out and got snipped. I mean, she was so excited. I don't think it's up, something that should be previous. on your profile, though. Dude. Well, maybe not, but it's got to come up on the first date. <laughs> I'll take a Bud Light. And by the way, waiter, I, I, I got snipped. Just, just so you know. <laughs> I'm shooting blanks. Right. Oh, my gosh. No, that's, that's an interesting thing. Well, All right. So let, let's talk about the downside of internet dating real quick here, because I have an update for you guys. Oh. Uh, I mentioned on our, I don't remember if it's episode one or two, however we split the first podcast up. But I mentioned that when I'm single, I have an inclination of reaching out to exes. Because yes. I feel like when you're in a relationship, messaging an ex is wildly inappropriate. Even going to their Facebook page and looking like, I think any of that is totally inappropriate. But when you're single, I always have this fascination of like, well, how are you now? What's going oh. on? And I will tell you, hand on a Bible, which I don't believe in, but whatever. Um, I have never hit on or asked out an ex. It's always just been, how are you doing? Tell me how yeah. your life is, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's always, of course, a part of me that hopes they're going to reply and go like, hey, you know that one issue? I've been in a lot of therapy and it's fixed and now we can have one. <laughs> I'm always hoping maybe that will happen. It hasn't happened yet. No. So I told Nick and I mentioned uh, on, on the previous podcast as well. When I first got divorced, I started dating a woman for like three months mm -hmm. and it was hot and heavy. And then she turned out to be kind of fucking crazy. So she was my crazy <sighs> rebound out of the uh, the marriage, right? So no, <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> so I keep stumbling on her on these dating apps, as I've mentioned to you, Nick. And so I thought, what is the harm of just Don't sending a 
Hey, see you're on here having trouble with love too. Just wanted to say hi. I hope you and the kids are doing good. You know, good best of luck to you. <clears throat> uh, she replied. Oh boy. Um she's been she's been stalking me for the last two and a half years. Oh boy. She knew when I started, she knew Hillary by name. She mentioned her by name to me. She knew when we started dating, she knew we were engaged, and she knew we were broke up. All of those events span a two and a half year window. Dude, that's freaky. Uh, oh, that's, she's been she's been stalking me one way or the other. Now, that's that, with, go ahead, go. Ahead. That's that Statue of Liberty right there. She's holding that that harness torch high in the sky. Yeah, but not in a good way. And by no. the way, her thing was not like I know all this shit about you because I've been stalking you. And why don't we go get a cup of coffee? She used it as a weapon to tell me to go fuck myself, and. But yeah, mentioned all the shit that she only could have known. Hold by, on, dude. Hold by on. stalking me one way or the other. Probably pull your, Facebook. Pull your phone out, dude. Pull but your I'm, phone out. Well, you want to see it? I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Well, so here's the funny thing. And by <laughs> oh, the way, just boy. so the audience knows, like I, you know, I do a radio show in this town and I do mention this sorts of stuff. I've talked about Hillary on the radio and I've talked about being yeah. engaged. So sure. I don't know if she got this stuff from stalking my Facebook profile or if she uh, was listening on the radio, but if she ever finds this podcast, this will be her wet dream come true. I mean, stalking made easy. I'm just sitting here blabbling about my entire life. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. She may be our number one fan very soon. So, Timmy. <laughs> so anyway, so she sends this reply and I'll read it. It's kind of difficult because she's taken swipes at me. So I kind of feel like some of this I need to push back on, but um, you don't I, have to. Well, I feel like I need to. We're addressing it publicly now. So, yeah. <laughs> but here's yeah. the thing. I got this reply to her and I read it. I was like, holy shit, this woman's been fucking stalking me. And yeah. I let several hours go by as I'm debating, like, do I just not reply? Do I just reply with like a gee, thanks, you know, best of luck to you. Or do I tell her like, stop fucking stalking me. And uh, you crazy cunt. Yeah. Like, do I tell her off basically? And so I, the first thing I did though, is I realized she must be getting most of this from my Facebook page. Because my my relationship status and some of my profile pictures mm. were Hillary and I, and she would have right. been tagged in them so she could see because your profile picture is public, right? So I went on Facebook and I blocked I blocked this woman, and five minutes later I went back on to Hinge to reply to her and the message was gone. She had blocked me. Oh, so I don't know if she figured out that quickly that I blocked her on Facebook and was like, the jig is up. Like, I'm just going to run away. Or if she had second thoughts of like, I just sounded like a psychopath. Like I have no idea, but yeah. the whole thing was gone, but very wisely, I took a screenshot of it when I first saw it, because my first thought was this may come up in a court date someday. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. Cause you're dude. flat out fucking stalking me lady. Oh. So anyway, so I sent her the brief note and, you know, just, just saying hi, just hope you and the kids are doing well. And I ended it with good luck out there and a thumbs up emoji. So she replies, uh, I hope, uh, I hope that you and the kids are well. I did notice that you were engaged and so quick that you're on here, meaning the dating app. Sure. Uh, it's kind of like how we broke up and then you were instantly in love with someone else. Six months later, by the way, uh, looking back. Uh, I think that it's concerning with the love bombing and how quickly everything happened for us. Then you and Hillary, there's her mentioning her by name. Right. I personally think that because I grew up with a narcissist father, I gravitated to get what was familiar in my romantic relationships. I think she's calling me a narcissist. Yes, I think yes, so. Yes, I would say so. 
Uh, before rushing into something else, Steve, maybe examine how quickly you move on what your romantic quote unquote love really is based on. Just my two cents. Good luck. So again, she references how quickly quote unquote Hillary and I started dating. So she knows, you know, which was six months after I broke up with her, but whatever. So she yeah. references the start of the relationship. She references the engagement and she references seeing that it was over. So you can only gain that information by stalking somebody. And yes, yes. you know, her assertion that I move on too quickly. I mean, that's everything we've spent the show talking about. Go fuck yourself. You don't know the whole story. You don't know that right. I was betrayed. I find nothing wrong with, you know, falling head over heel in loves with somebody that I had met months later and committing like, fuck right. you on all of that stuff. Yes. Yeah. And everybody's different. Everybody has different timelines of as far as when they're ready to move on. Exactly. But this is her sitting back trying to cast aspersions and judge and call me a narcissist. And yes, referencing that she has followed my last two and a half years of my life. What was your what was your goal, dude? <laughs> what was your goal? My goal was, as previously stated, was to just say, hey, how's life been treating you? I used to what? know you. Do you not remember how it ended? I do. But then I hope, <laughs> like I said, maybe she would be like, hey, I've been in daily therapy for two and a half years. Everything no. is fixed. No. Wait. <laughs> I, I, are you say, are you it's saying, possible. Are you saying you weren't reaching out to her to try and see if you could get together for a knobber? I'm that's being a, that's honest my question. With you. No. I want to know, were yes. you hoping that maybe she'd be like, oh, we should talk. A lot's happened. And maybe you'd get a little uh, lay in. Speak it to the microphone, you know. My honest answer is I was checking in, but of course I was hoping <laughs> that, she <would> say, <laughs> that she would say all of my problems have been cured. So now we could go bang away. And then I'm like, well, okay, hey, you've been uh, in therapy. I believe in therapy. Like if you've been working on yourself, then hey, maybe. <laughs> But no, I wasn't really expecting that. And yes, I'm going through the classic problem right now. Of every time I get all horny, I'm like, I'll bang anything with two legs. I'll bang anything. <laughs> here. I don't even need two legs. I'll bang anything. And, and then, then you know, you, you and says yes. Yeah. And then you uh, expunge your system and you come back to reality and you're like, hell no, I don't want just some random hookup thing. Like, so like I I've been wavering on that with everyone on internet dating, which I have oh, not yeah. done as of now, but so yeah, I'm being honest. Like, sure. Maybe there was part of me hoping she'd say I'm cured and I could say, Hey, you really were good in bed. And you really were. We did have some fun times. Like if you're not crazy anymore, maybe this could work out. You know, Time that's the reason why things, right? That's the reason why she was good in bed. Because the crazy ones yes, always are. Dude, the crazy ones always are. That. Why? Why is that? Why are the crazy ones so good in bed? Hillary was the best sex I have ever had. So what does that tell you on the crazy scale, right? Well, it, it just because you can do anything you want to them and they won't say no. What I'm saying, they don't have any right. respect for themselves. But no, it's no, even no, more no. than that. Like she wasn't just doing anything. I mean, she was she was producing the porn. Like she was, you know, she was a willing and able participant. And yes, the sex was so good. And I just kept ignoring. I think it's a large part of why I was ignoring some of the bad. But why <laughs> is that? Why can't a healthy, well-adjusted woman also bang like a porn star? Is that too much to uh, ask? It's not, it's not. Why? Why? It's uh, it's always that way. The crazy one, the crazy ones are always because the crazy ones are also always the ones that are most fun to go and do shit with. Not just not just sex, but just have fun and go do things with go to Vegas with or even just go and have like lunch. Mm -hmm. on a, you, know, you can have fun with them because 
they're free. My and, God, why you did know? you do this? Listen, dude, listen to listen to both of you right now, okay? Because you're talking about Brucey is like, oh, the crazy ones go to Vegas, have a great time. This is a small percentage of your life that you are are wanting to to have it be the greatest crazy time ever. But all the other parts that you're talking about, the loneliness, the daily having coffee in the morning, the the raising mundane, kids together, yes. <laughs> they, I the mean, real all, life. Yeah. yeah, the mundane things that happen are the things that I know that you're telling me that you're super missing, right? So then if I meet a new woman, we have great sex, I should dump her. No. no. Dude. Well, no. she's crazy then if we're, we're having great sex, right? Listen, you can <laughs> have you can have great sex. And like I told you earlier when we were having this conversation, because I agree with you that most most crazy girls are going to be better in bed but that does not mean that you can't meet someone and have good sex fine sex that you're enjoying and everything else that you're not like yeah it's a fucking best you know yeah. it's not gonna get better as you guys have a little chemistry with each other and find out what each other likes and doesn't like uh, I will tell you what I'm looking for. I just want bang bang bang. I don't want a relationship. I just want bang bang bang. I don't want to know your name. I just want bang bang bang. Go easy. Go, go easy. It's on really you. not true, is my point. Yeah. I, I think I maybe even told the story already on this show, but yeah, I I had one true like one night stand, and I went home and showered for like two days. Like I just felt terrible about <laughs> it. That movie scene, oh. the harness in the yeah. on the shower floor. Yes. <laughs> oh, unclean, I, unclean. I guess what, what? So after Jen and I broke up, I lived in Laney's house for about a month, and then I moved in with my buddies Jimmy and Joey Houlihan, and um, this is complete bachelor house. Like metal dudes, like big drinkers and, and party guys, that sort of thing. And I went fucking wild. Like I was, I, I mean, first two weeks, I literally had dates like almost every night of the week. Oh. And most of them were ended yeah. up back in my place. Nice. Tinder? Yeah. No, no, no. That, this, this is before, this is even before Tinder, really. I didn't get on Tinder. This was just Craigslist. Uh, Yes, but that's that's but that's where I met Jen. That's where I met Jen. Really? Wow. Jeez. Yeah. And and, and oh, but whatever. how'd that turn out? You know, I don't. Well, know. but here's the thing, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. She has a she has a hell of a right hook. I'll tell you uh, that. Maybe, yeah. Right. No, I'm serious. No, I know you're serious, and that's a part of my story. I'm not even ready to get into yet. But yeah. That was, that was another red flag. I probably should have picked up on when I got punched in the chest. Oh no! Anyway. I got I got punched in the mouth a few times, and I was told <laughs> that I couldn't do anything. Because well, I, in fairness, I think she was too drunk to hit my face, so it just sort of ended up like here. But you know, well, well, so so Jen's uh, stepbrother <laughs> is a cop in Lakewood. We were living in Tacoma at the time. Yeah, and it was, and she made it very clear that if I tried to do anything to defend myself, that he would be there, and it would get oh, yeah. very ugly. No, I get it. Well, dating's fun. Nick, take care of your relationship. It's awful, dude. It's Please awful don't join what me. you guys are going through. I mean, but on the other side of that coin, you can have some fun with this, dude. I mean, uh, you can oh, yeah. have some fun. Uh, Brewski seems to be having a lot of fun on the dating app. No, not right now. I'm not. What uh, can we talk? Can I talk about a little bit about your conversation that we had off air last week? Or would you rather I not? Oh, no. Yeah, go right ahead. Please. That's fine. I uh, almost asked. I almost asked Lisa about that. 
Yeah, I was going to ask her too, and we were Julie. just getting short yeah. on time. Julie, I'm sorry, Julie. Uh, Julie, That's yeah. Right. Uh, so Brewski uh, took his sister to Vegas, and they went out and hung out and had a had a good time. And Brewski was at a bar uh, talking to two women uh, that I think were sisters. Is that yes. right? Yeah, yep. they were sisters. One of them was married, and their, her husband was coming back to pick them up later, but the other sister was not. And Brewski felt some sort of uh, vibe with this lady, was just having like great conversation and everything else. And it ended up leaving, and he didn't ask for her information or anything like that. And it just was like, you know, great to talk to you. Bye. You know, see you later. So Brewski calls me and says, Hey, I just want to get your opinion on this. Like, is it creepy? Uh, she mentioned in conversation that she works at a, a insurance firm. And, uh, I was able to find it online because she didn't have social media. Is it creepy if I send her a little note, like a handwritten card mm -hmm. and just yeah. say, Hey, enjoyed the conversation. You know, here's my info. If you ever want to meet up again or whatever, let me know. Yeah. And I, I, I thought if it was done properly, that it was, I, I don't think it's creepy. I mean, it's hard to meet people when you're our age. You know what I mean? Listen, here's the problem with romantic gestures. I've realized over the course of my life, and I'm talking, going back to elementary school, I could tell you a terrible story. I gave a girl on the fifth grade playground, uh, like a necklace that I took from my mom's like jewelry thing and <laughs> like wrote this sweet note. It was like, here's a gift. I think you're cute. And this girl ran around the playground. Look at what Steve Harness gave. Everyone was laughing <laughs> and mocking me. Oh, I was terrible. But even in my adult life, I've realized there is a fine line in a woman's mind between a romantic gesture gesture and you're a creep and sending yeah, somebody a package or something or a note yeah. that can go either way they're either gonna go wow what a sweet romantic guy or holy shit i have a stalker and that sucks women that you put us nice guys in that position it does trying, trying to do what hollywood has taught us a grand romantic gesture and be sweet and and then you're like you're fucking creepy man don't send me a note but I would have to think that after the conversation I had with Brewski is it was a situation where you you're at a situation where like you left and then you're thinking through the whole conversation and everything else. And you thought, oh, I really had a good conversation. Like, what if I miss out on somebody that, you know, I could have yeah. had something great with. So. Yeah. So what'd you do? So what I did was I, I went and I bought these really kind of. You know those those thick uh, crane and company like thank you cards, that nice you, they, blank cards inside or whatever. Uh, but the, the the ones that you would send out for like thank you somebody for a wedding gift or something sure. like that. Sure, you okay. know? sure. So yeah. I, I bought these fancy you know note cards and I just wrote a little note and I just said hey you know um, I had a great time at Sand Dollar chatting it up with you for a little bit. I um, I was kicking myself for not asking for your information you know i'd like to get to know you further my what's your social security number <laughs> no, I, I said i said on the reverse of this card you'll find my contact info if you'd like to get to know each other you know reach okay. out to me sometime seems that's nice it. and noble to me yeah that's what i thought i thought if he just played it like that like you know if she's not interested she won't write back if she is interested you know then she's all right so, so did the cops whoops. knock on your door or did you get a reply? Like, how, how do we have any update? Yeah. That, when did you send it? I sent it, I think, uh, on the first or second. All right, so, so it should, it should probably be getting to Vegas 
you know, around this time. And it's going to the P.O. box to the, where, where, yeah. the, the, they, where they get their mail for the office and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So All right. I look forward to happens. an update on that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'll be uh, interested in it, too. I hope it works out, dude. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. It's a grand gesture. I, I don't know how we became a predominantly single show all of a sudden. But Nick, you're the uh, the, the stable, well-established member now. Like, <laughs> I'll carry the torch for you, dude. I'm telling you. Uh, Rachel always tells uh, me that I am the Lloyd Dobler of her Diane Court, and uh, I'm not afraid to hold the boombox up to get her. Like <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say, or I will, oh. won't say. Don't stop being. Don't don't stop with the romantic gestures. Just you got to make sure they're not creepy. What is that? Say anything? Is that the name of the movie? Yes. Yeah. Can I tell you something that's really going to make you hate Hillary? I told Nick a lot of stories when we were hanging out for a week, you know, alone in hotel rooms about terrible, terrible things Hillary said to me uh, that, you know, she dreaded the day my parents died. I was like, oh, why do you dread that? I dread that, too. She's like, because you're going to be a wreck and I'm going to have to deal with you. Like, she said oh, some really, lovely. right, terrible <laughs> yeah. things. Wow. Uh, she said some messed up things about my kids. She, But oh, she, we watched Say Anything. She hated it. Of course. Wow. I mean, come on, dude. That that's how a, that's, unromantic do you have to be to hate say anything? It's a deal breaker. I mean, that again, that's just saying yeah. you don't red flag. I should have she loves singles for what that's worth. That's a great dating movie, but yeah, she did not and, like say anything. And actually, both movies written by the same person. Yeah, Cameron Cameron exactly. Crow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh tragedies. Um, either Nick is pantomiming or his video has frozen. Can you see that? I can, and I believe he's. Oh, oh there he's he is. Back. He's back. There we are. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we're back. Internet. We Something. were just gossiping about you. Sorry. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's terrible that she hated say anything. I, I don't understand it. That is. Yeah. Oof. Isn't it interesting, though, to hear that dating coach say, like, well, you dodged a bullet? That's what everyone keeps saying to me. And oh, I know it's that. true. And also hear her say, like, normal people don't do that. Yes, I'm well, and it's what you've been saying all along and hoping that people will agree with. And I mean, everyone you've said it to is like, no, dude, people don't do that. You're right. I think Almost. she called Hillary a dick, didn't she? She did. She did. <laughs> she said, if you did what she did, we'd be calling you a dick. So I'm right. pretty sure inadvertently. Ah, uh, yes. So. Yeah. See you next Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Bad situation, my friend. So there's the update on the world of dating and everything that's happened to the vocal minority in a mere six-week hiatus. Where wow. do we go from here? I mean, uh, uh, yeah. do we call the lawyer? Uh, are you going to call the lawyer? I mean, she said you should call, the, reach out to the lawyer tonight is what she said. I'll tell you guys, I had convinced myself to text her that it would be an acceptable scenario to text her during this fine program just to see what happens. But now that that's a reality, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think the dating coach would say, reach out to her immediately. And she also said, don't ask her if she's single. Like it's implied. Like my yeah. second question was going to be, is there any chance <laughs> that you're single right now? And well, we could have that second date finally. Okay. So now I've, I've got an experience about this too. Yeah. And this, this is an, about an ex. So I have this ex who lives in Vegas. Her name is Connie. I dated her when I, I lived in Seattle. And so I'm talking to Connie and you know, just kind of catching up. How you doing? And that sort of thing. And I know she was married and that sort of thing. But I'm just 
saying hi, seeing how she's doing, and, and that sort of thing, right? You and Steve, yeah. You and Steve both. Just, <laughs> just, just what well-adjusted redheads do, okay? <laughs> so anyway, so I say, so then all of a sudden, one day she says, oh, I need a hug. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And she's like, guy trouble. And I'm like, well, you want to talk about it? And then she was just like, not right now. And, and then she, but then she says to me, you know, when are you coming to Las Vegas? And I told her when I was coming to Las Vegas. And then she said, you know, maybe we can get together and have a drink and we can talk about it. Okay, no problem whatsoever. So yeah. then in, in between that and the, I changed my trip. So I extended my trip to stay longer after my sister was going to leave so that I could get together with her because she has two kids and they're teenagers. And so I kind of figured end of the week would be a good time for her to be able to get out and that sort of thing, you know, middle sure. of the week it's school stuff and all that yeah. sort of thing. Right. Go ahead. Yes. So then I sent her this message when I'm uh, uh, in, in between the time of her setting up this potential date and me coming to Vegas, I send her this message one night and then she sends me a message back saying, Jason, what are you doing? You can't send me messages. Like, what's the problem? I'm a married woman. And oh. I just said, and I said, Well, I thought, you know, you said that because in between she had told me that her husband had, had um said he wanted to get a divorce and all that sort of thing, right? Yeah. And I, I so then she's like, Well, no, we're working it out, we're working things out right now. And you we I can't talk to you anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, but she yeah. fl- completely flipped out on me. And well, I'm either one like, of two things happen, either like she's bipolar or something, or her husband figured out, you know, that she'd been messaging and she had to play like, what? No, no but that's he, not he what was, he was doing. No, that's, no, but, but that's most definitely. But he wasn't even living in the house with her anymore at that time. Mm. Well, so what do you think? She's schizo or what? No, I, I just, I just <laughs> I mean, think that because that's two different answers. No, I think she made are you saying it's not to a- try and work it out with her husband, and in a weak moment thought maybe I'll go have a drink with Brewski, and uh, and it wasn't up yeah. a week later. I'm sure. But as far as I'm concerned, because that's my concern in life, because I'm a narcissist. Is your I, are you saying that you do have to be upfront and ask, like, are you single? Like, it's not implied. Is that your point? No, I mean, I would still go with the with the with them if they, right. they if they respond and they want to talk to you. I would assume <laughs> that they're single. I did with Connie that, that yeah, she was yeah. just she was going to be okay with getting together with me and and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's like completely flipping out on me. I'm like, wait a minute here. Yeah, listen, no, I, any I girl worth yeah. their salt will talk to you as as a friendly person and when you say hey you want to go grab a cup of coffee you want to go out for lunch or something like that uh we'll say you know what i you know what i actually can't do that i'm in a relationship right now but you know here's the thing as we just talked with julie about if i texted the lawyer and i hate that we're calling her that it's kind of i I got issues in this world so uh yeah but anyways as i um, as we're talking about texting the lawyer what if she writes back and is like, hi, Steve, like, oh my gosh, let's go get coffee tomorrow or this weekend. I'm not ready. So I don't want to screw this up. So Julie's advice was go get a practice date or two under your belt. And then she contradicted herself. She told me to go get some practice, but also text a lawyer tonight. Well, just because you text her doesn't mean you have to go out right away. I No, but what if she says, I'm free this weekend. Why don't we grab some coffee? Well, but I th- throw I caution that's... in the wind, or say like, "Eesh, actually, I need a few more weeks. I just was uh, engaged six weeks ago." So maybe. Well, but but I th- I think what you <laughs> take a leap of faith, dude. Oh, I think what advice. you <laughs> I think what you I think what you can do is 
set a boundary in your head that says yes. uh, that says okay uh, let's just say this woman's name is mary mary wants to go get a coffee this weekend well you know what all we're doing is we're sitting down for an hour and getting a coffee yeah because that's me <laughs> no but but you got you, you, here's you got the it. thing if it's you the same woman that. from two and a half years ago i'm i'm all in like i it was a may it was a great first date i want to pursue that that's I, why I, it's such a big thing now because she was the only worst person i wanted the second date with but are you so i'm not romanticizing that date i mean are you no. romanticizing it it was no. really that good of a date you remember back when it happened but yeah, i know i, I would but so, when you got together with Hillary, did you ever question in your head like, uh, hmm. yes, yes, I questioned oh. every, I have questioned many times in the last two and a half years that every almost fight we would get into, I would think, did I screw up? Should I have waited out COVID for that lawyer? Hmm. I told you the story a couple of months ago, the topic of my speed dating came up with Hillary and she was always so impressed by that, that I went out there and crunched the numbers and just bang through, you know, dates. And, yeah. and I, I brought up to her like, yeah, you know, there, there, there was just only one other, this lawyer from Reno that, you know, we, we had a great first date and then COVID, we never saw each other again. And, and she looked at me and she said, how do you know she wasn't the one? And I said, well, I wouldn't be here with you if that was the case. Yes. Well, I'm not here with her anymore, and I don't think I'm romanticizing it because at the time I had been through so many first dates that I, I saw something in her that was awesome. We had a great first date, great kiss goodbye, want the second date, good looking, professional woman, like she was everything I was, I was looking for. Now, of course, first dates are in a haze and, you know, of course things sure. obviously go bad after that, but... But no, I don't think I'm overly romanticizing it. I think she's a winner and she's sitting an hour away from me and I have no idea if she's single or not. And I don't want to screw it up because it's well, hard but, to find second date material. Well, but but you know what though? Mm. If, if it truly is worth worth that and, and say you go and meet her for a coffee, that boundary won't feel like you want to go beyond it because you want to say to yourself, you're going to say to yourself, I'm going to respect that boundary that I've set up because I don't want this to go yeah. sideways because I want this to work this time. But I want and, it to and, go forward too. So what uh, if yeah, yeah, but but exactly but but you can go forward another time. It's that slow build. Yeah, well, that, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with telling her, like, look, i I'm really interested in you. Uh I just I want to take it slow. I want to do it right. You know, I know it's just a gamble though. If I sat down with a woman who I was really into and she's like, Hey, listen, I was just engaged like two months ago, so I need to take this slowly. I'd be pissed, put off, irritated. You know, I mean, I don't think you have to tell her anything about the engagement. Like uh, 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 she was saying, you know, you know what? I just want, you know what? I really like you and I want this to go well. So let's, let's take it slow and do it right. Like I, I, I I really like it. There's the gamble of time too, because what if she's single right now, but she's outdating. What if I wait a month and now, now she's gone on a first date and now she's pursuing someone? Or what if it's the opposite? What if she's been dating someone for two years and it's starting to fall apart and I need to give it another month or two? Like this whole wasting time thing is so unknowable and it's driving me nuts because there's no way to know. Because you're the classic the day, overthinker, dude. Yeah. You're the classic overthinker. I, I mean, you cannot think like that, dude. You just got to do uh, what you feel. And, yeah. and, and you've got, you know, like your therapist is saying, you <laughs> got to use yeah. the head and the heart, you know, exactly. but that's the problem, but you, you can't plot stuff out. You cannot, there's no win to that, to plotting mm. it out. Mm. 
Listen, if so you what's were, the answer? Do I text her today? Do I listen, wait a week? Do I wait a month? What do I ask do? yourself this question. If you text her tonight and she writes back and she was like, oh, Steve, so good to hear from you. I'm in a, you know, I'm, I'm engaged and things are going well. Nice to hear from you. Are you going to be fucking crushed to the door? About Not it? crushed. I'll be bummed, but that will also paint my path forward. So I feel like if good. I don't have a viable second date type material ready to go, then I'm just going to go date away again. I'm not talking banging away and all that, but like, I just got to keep an open mind and just go out there and see what the hell the universe has. But if I know there's a valid second date material waiting for me, no, I'm going after that. I don't need all these coffee dates and shit. If you don't be a bummer, but you know, if you don't text her, she's just stunting your growth. Kind of. Yes. So text her. Do it. And if she says I'm engaged, <laughs> say I'm so happy for you and move on. You <laughs> slut. <laughs> <laughs> if she says she's not, dude, then you got to just play it cool and just say, hey, well, you know what? We'll go out and, and tell her I like you, dude, but I want to take this. I want to, uh, you don't even have to say I want to take it slow. I want to do this right. Yeah. Let's be let's be smart about it. I really like you. You know, I hear you. You know what you can do? Put the blame on COVID too. I want to pick up where COVID robbed us. Oh, no, I definitely would. I almost feel like, oh, boy, I can hear my therapist yelling at me right now. I Apparently, I romanticize things. I can see this is a uh, Tom Hanks, uh, Meg Ryan sort of movie. Like, we met before COVID, and the great divide kept us apart. And then years later, we were together again. Like, that's a good story. I can do that. Right? Yeah, you can, <laughs> dude. But something else might happen too. So uh, yeah. don't count on it. Right. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Women are crazy. Uh, oh, Dr. Gottman's calling back in. Steve, I promise you, and this comes from years of experience. Yes. Women are never right. Uh, well, no. <laughs> you should have written that in your book, dude. Right. Yeah. He actually did one of the main chapters, and that was one Hillary did not want to hear about. Yeah. There's this whole thing in the book called harsh startups. Basically, when there's a problem, you know, how do you come at your partner? Is it, hey, you know, uh, we really need to be better about taking the garbage out? Or is it, hey, why the fuck aren't you taking the garbage out again, right? <laughs> That's what we right. call a harsh startup. And we yeah. want to do a gentle startup. And and he says, night research shows that 90% of the time, it's the woman that does the harsh startup. Yeah, now, that doesn't mean the guys are guilt-free and we don't reciprocate, blah, blah, blah. There's ways to do sure. you know, It's It's in the book, people. But yeah, like I tried to tell Hillary what I have, I have told Hillary a million times, like nine out of 10 fights, you start. And then I finish them by, you know, we start escalating, we're yelling, we're screaming. But I said, you're, you got to come at me a little softer. And she would always tell me like, you're crazy. That is not the fact. And then we read this book. I'm like, it's literally in chapter five that 90% of the time, the woman is the one who has the harsh startup. So I'm just saying the chapter Science. you did not get to. <laughs> right. <Exactly. laughs> All right, gentlemen, here's the deal. Uh, we're two and a half hours into this. We certainly could wrap it up now, but I kind of feel like we should do a little news, even if it's just a practice. I mean, if anyone's still listening two and a half hours in, they must be intrigued. So sure. I feel like there's no harm in burning 20 minutes and running through news, or we can just stop now and start the fourth episode with a more structured format because that's what we're trying to do on the show. It's some of our personal life, but it's also news and events and all that. So, yeah, I'm fine with that, dude. Doing some news. Yeah, I do have to, uh, I do have to pee pretty darn bad. Okay. Well, how quick can you do that? DJs pee quickly. (laughs) Yeah, I could. uh, I know you can do it in less than three and a half minutes because that's the average length of a song and every DJ can pee in less than that amount of time. I can be done in less than a minute. 
So, all right, why don't you go pee? Uh, Brewski and I will discuss uh, singlehood. <laughs> now, let me do this. Nick already understands the concept of what we're going to do here. So, let me explain it to you so that I can explain it to the audience at the same time. And I'm trying to come up with a clever, you know, name for this topic, but or a segment. I have not hot stack. Maybe we'll put it on the list. We'll kick it around. Um, here's the deal. I've noticed not only in life in general, but as I've been doing some of this online dating, there are so many people that just choose not to be involved in the news cycle. Mm-hmm. They're overwhelmed by it, or they like. I've seen several women say, "I'm not political," and I can't oh, wrap my head around that because I can't either. Politics invades every aspect of our lives, whether you want it to or not. Yeah. And I feel like if people were a little more informed on the news, they may be a little less non-political or I don't pick sides or any of that stuff. So there's just a lot of people that don't read the news. So I thought we would do basically is this news you need. We can run through some articles and whoever's reading the article, the other two are going to vote on it. Is that news you need to know or is that eh, wasted? In other words, is this news that people watching this or listening to this should take note of because we have decided that this is newsworthy or half the news is not newsworthy, quite frankly, and you don't need to know it. Know what I mean? Kind of makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I know what you mean. So, yeah, I took our time apart from you there, Nick, to uh, just explain the whole part of it, the online dating, just people that aren't into the news or say they're not political. And I can't understand that because politics invades your life at this point. So I can hear you the whole time. And uh, this is what I want to say to you. I'm going to further expand on that is that I've got a good, um, I've got a good experiment that I'm going to try and do. As you know, I'm getting ready to drive across part, half the country with my brother. Yeah. My brother is a, he's an odd conservative and I don't hate conservatives. I hate Trumpers. Right. I I mean, yeah, I I just, I don't care for Trumpers. Okay. I'm just going to say it. I don't have a lot in common with them. Listen, it's the, it's the old, not all Republicans are racist, but all racists are Republicans. Yes. So there are some Republicans that aren't racist and you can like, but all racists are Republicans. So yeah, I, I get it. And you know what? I'll just be completely transparent. When I'm bu- when I'm voting on the local ballots, I throw a Republican in every once in a while. Like, I'm not afraid to cross a party line here and there. Uh, so I don't hate all Republicans. I just, I, you know, a Republican what I, you, you, you know about, right? You're not yes. just randomly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. Sure. So <laughs> my brother is a conservative Republican and one of my greatest friends in this in this world. Well, when Trump started moving in, I really started to learn his political leanings and what he was okay with accepting Mm. based on a president, because I was like, like, I get you're conservative, but like you wouldn't vote for him because of, you know, because this happens like you wouldn't put up with that. I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I would. And it, like it really sort of fractured areas of our relationship. Yeah. So, but I know his heart. So it's a lot easier for me to right. move past some of this. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting ready to uh, be in a truck and we're driving from uh, Seattle to Denver. And I know that there's going to be a lot of conversation about politics. We always do. We always have fairly respectful conversations about politics and for the most part we're polar opposites on most things uh half of this is as i have told him is that i think he is completely indoctrinated by fox news 
Yes. Absolutely. That's a topic we're going to talk about because Fox News is straight up propaganda. No one seems to get that. And it is what has caused this rift to go so wide. A hundred percent. I mean, if not a hundred, ninety nine percent. Yes. So he watches Fox News and I always talk to him. I've, I've told him over the years. I said, you know what? I would be interested to have a conversation with you because we talk multiple times a week. I would be interested not to have a conversation with you for one month of you not watching Fox News. And I would love to see what a different person that you were and the things that you were still worried about and not worried about any longer. Yeah. So I had this idea of that. I think on this trip, because I know there's going to be a lot of political talk and we're going to be trapped in a fucking, you know, truck with a bench seat together, driving all this distance that I'm going to challenge him to watch MSNBC for two months. That's the only thing he can watch. And I, in turn, will watch Fox News for two months. Harsh. And I, I, and I would like to have... I've tried before, by the way. I, 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 just, I can't. You know what? I've, but I, kudos to you for proposing this experiment. I'll, I'll be curious if he'll take it. Yeah, I will too. And I, and I, you know what? I, I've even told him this. You know, like, you never... MSNBC is what for cable news is what I watch, you know, for the most part, you know, so uh, I know he never does. And just to not so much anymore, not so much in the last since Biden's been president. But before that, I would tune to Fox once a week just to see what the fuck they were talking about and see what almost uh, know your enemies, you know, is the way I kind of felt about it. So I'll just be really interesting to see if he takes the challenge, what kind of issues he backs off on, you know, I, there's so many scare tactics and weird things happening on Fox news that I hear my brother talking about. I'm like, where the fuck do you, why, why would you think that's a problem? Like, you honestly think that's a problem that wasn't made up for you to get outraged about? Right. Well, uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about all the distri- distribution issues in our country and stuff like that. And he's talking to me. I felt like I was talking to my father. He was like, Nick, have you been to the grocery store lately? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, shit's not like it used to be completely and prices are for sure up. Nick, I don't think you're getting it. Eggs have gone up eight times their price no they haven't i was like what are you talking about (laughs) it was like i just saw it eggs have gone up eight times and i've bought i eat eggs every day i know that they've gone up eight times he just saw it at the grocery store or he's just saw it on fox news i think he saw it on fox news and then was trying to somehow parallel it into his life uh so you paid 16 dollars for a dozen of eggs (laughs) right that's what i said i was like (laughs) i pay i pay i you know what me as a lefty liberal, I buy cage free, range right. free, so I pay a little more for my eggs, you know. As do I, they, they six, taste better, by the way. Yes, they have a nice yolk to them, six dollars or whatever. I'm gonna pay even sometimes yeah, more. I agree, but 48 dollars, you're telling me you pay for <laughs> eggs now? I was like, that's crazy, you know, that's not true, and yet you're still sitting here arguing with me that eggs right. have not gone up eight times, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see 
I recall seeing some researcher did that with a group of people. He got them to stop watching their normal source. And it was the the Fox News viewers had a different perspective on things. And the CNN or whatever others basically were vomiting for a month and, you know, held true to their beliefs. Well, and, and not even beliefs, because that's the difference, as I've been telling some people recently. Uh, you know, being a liberal is based on logic and facts. Being conservative is based on ideology. It's like religion. Well, like, well, sure. If, 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 I, if I can throw two things at you real quick. Please. Number one, number one, CNN is no longer the CNN that you want that you once knew. I don't know if you know this, but there's a new guy running CNN named Chris Licht, L-I-C-T. Honestly, I'm hesitant. I, I I regret that I said CNN because I've never thought that they were liberal news. They're no, news. But, 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 hosts, but, 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 but the, the, they were supposed to be down the middle. But the yeah. problem is, is that there's a new guy that bought CNN and he's a Trump mega donor. And then he put he and he puts um, Chris Licht in uh, to run it. Chris Licht used to be, work for Joe Scarborough on MSNBC. Okay. And, as, and as we all know, Joe Scarborough was a former Republican congressman and MSNBC puts him on in the morning because they think it's like, you know, a yin and a yang between him and his now sure. wife, Mika, who were in and that sort of thing. Right. Sure. But so, so are you saying CNN has become conservative? Absolutely. Really? Yes. As a matter of fact, go, 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 go look it up and look on your Twitter feed and type in CNN. People are boycotting CNN because wow. they're, because they're, they're, they're they've been, on CNN, Steve, their hosts now were bitching that Joe Biden had Marines behind him at his um, at the speech he gave last week. Hmm. I, I use the CNN app for articles, but I haven't watched the network in quite a while. No, I and, never liked CNN just because of their production qualities, and uh, it was nothing to do with their slant. And, quote unquote. Well, and, and but they've already started to get. They got rid of uh, John Harwood. They they got rid of Brian Stelter. Um, hmm. because these guys aren't towing the, the, the new company line. The line. Yeah. yeah, sure. yeah. Well, and then okay. here's, and then here's the other quick thing I'll throw at you. Is that there's a great article that, that was on gawker.com. And if you look it up, type in Fox news, blueprint Gawker. And so do we all know who Roger Ailes is. He's the yes. person that founded Fox news yeah. where Roger Ailes was actually a media consultant in the Richard Nixon white house. Yes. And he, and he back, knew the inf influence the news had on the masses. Right. Well, not just that, but it, but they have his handwritten notes from notebooks and it talks about yeah, how, yeah. how they no, I know about that. Yes. So how they can program messages in yes. people's heads in front of the TV. He it's not only understood the power article. of the news media, but he understood the power of advertising, which is when you repeat a message over and over, it ingrains in people's brains. So he the thought, what frequency. If you, yeah, what if you merge the two and you basically repeat propaganda over and over? And yeah. yeah, that is exactly what Fox News has become. Yeah, and it's like not back a in the new theory. I mean, it's it's no. been happening but, for for a long time. This is just the first time that it has been on, on cable steroids. news yeah. and on steroids. And then we have a president who comes in that plays the perfect part for this style of programming, who programs in the exact same way. Yeah. Well, and the thing about it though is, is Ailes came up with that in '71 before before Nixon resigned this idea of a conservative news network to, to mm -hmm. get their message out. That was, that's 19, that's, that's my yeah. age. That's no. 51 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, for sure. Here, here's a quick, funny story for you, gentlemen. One of the people I'm messaging with on one of the dating apps, I, I messaged her because she had some sentiment of like, can't we all disagree without hating each other? 
And it rang true with me with some fights I've had in the past with women. And so I messaged her like, you know, preach on like, yes, that's what I want. I didn't notice that she was a Trump loving conservative. So she messages me back and said like, Hey, I see you hate Trumpers according to your profile. So it's funny that you're messaging me. Like maybe we could have an intelligent debate to not hate each other. And I was like, okay, let's, let's try this experiment out. And I told her on the vocal minority, we've been debating like, do we engage with conservatives, try to talk to them, try to figure out where they're coming from? Where's all this anger coming from? Or do we just fucking ignore them and vote them out of existence? I'm truly on the fence as to which is the right answer. But so this woman and I have been messaging back and forth for about a week now, and uh, we should ignore them and vote them out. Fuck them all. <laughs> like, even well, under the premise that let's have a good, you know, civil debate, it spirals so quickly. And on her end, by the way, like she's mocking me and LMAO. And, oh, you're that's so that's so preposterous. And what, they can't what a have silly a thing to say. No, you can't. Well, and I I will say on their behalf is that there's a lot of liberals who cannot have the conversation either without, you know, throwing some sort of liberal shade in their direction. It's not going to work. I mean, it's not going to work. We're not programmed to have differences when those differences are based off morality. Yes. It's like we were talking about with Julie. There was an era where you could agree to disagree on politics because it was about tax cuts or something. Now politics has become so omnipresent in every aspect of our lives that whichever team you're on speaks to your moral code, in my opinion. Yeah. If you have and if you don't have the same morals, how can you be dating? So Rachel and I were talking about this. My wife, who's a a veteran, by the way, I mean, we were driving around on Labor Day uh, and I I made a comment to her. I was like, is it odd that when I see an American flag, the first thing I think of now is uh, Trumpers patriots. Yes, Yes. I hate it. I was like, I hate that they've stolen that from us because I'm proud of my country and everything like in that regard. But like every time I see an American flag now, I can't help but think probably a trump lover yes and we got to stop that shit we got to take the flag back i'm not willing to concede this one to those morons it's our fucking flag not yours right right i've got a cool piece of artwork in my house that you've seen nick it's a it's an old antique barn and it's got an old antique motorcycle parked in front of it and there's an american flag hanging from the barn and it's cool it's cool art it's americana but I was worried if I hang it up in my house that some people may think I'm a Trumper because I'm waving a flag. Hundred percent. It sucks. I'm not willing to concede that. Yes, I agree. And, but the, and the other thing too is is that um, they've 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 uh, kidnapped the word patriot. A hundred percent, and changed and, and, the definition. Yeah. But 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 here's the thing though. Again, I, I would always say, okay, are you a patriot? Or are you a loyalist? And if you and if you know history, you know that when this country was in the Revolutionary War, there were patriots and there were loyalists. And are you loyal to the crown or are you a patriot fighting for the country? And now here's the other thing again. Are you a patriot fighting for the country or you're a loyalist to Trump? Which one are you? 100 percent. You know what I mean? And it's red or blue. Yes. You you know, and and to me, uh, to me, either you're you're. pro-america or you're pro-trump you there's there's no there's no in between party over country is what's Ab- going on on the Absolutely. right right now yeah. now I, I keep i keep telling republicans well trumpers i should say that i get into arguments with that they should not be because they'll say they're ultra maga and i said you shouldn't be ultra maga 
or Trump Republicans. What you should be is an Eisenhower Republican. Yeah. And but and most of them, most of them won't don't even know what I'm talking about. And I'll tell them it's go so look. far gone. Yeah. I, and I said, go look up President Eisenhower. Go look up what, what he supported. And, yeah. and remember that that was one of yes. the, the, the times in our country when we were doing the best economically and, and the country was was fantastic. Now, yes. granted, we didn't have civil rights and all that sort of thing. But the things that people talk about, the, the bread and butter table issues. Yes. yes. T- you, you would agree with President Eisenhower with. And President Eisenhower would have nothing to do with Donald Trump. Not one word to do with Donald yes. Trump at all. It's what I was talking about, that there was a time in our country's politics where uh, we could agree to disagree and the differences weren't that stark. Or I accepted the premise that both sides are equally messed up. Sure. This woman I was messaging with is so believes that, that, yeah, Trump was bad for this, but Biden's just as bad. And that is just not true. Nope. Every politician is, of course, out for their own interest and blah, blah, blah. But the Republicans have taken it and just run with it to the extreme of party over country. And where Biden called them out as being semi-fascist or whatever he said, and they're all like, how dare you? No, it's absolutely fucking true. You are not a patriot. You are not putting your country first. You're you're trying to fit the facts into your narrative. And that's it's never going to work. You know, seeing Liz Cheney become a, a fucking pariah to the Republican Party yeah. is is just another clue that you guys don't have any interest in in being Republicans. I mean, that's, you know, the Republican it's about power. ideology. It's about power and, and it's about winning and it's about, you know, we're right. You're wrong. Go fuck yourself. You know, it's just 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 ugh, it yes. kills me. It's tribalism at the worst when you're turning on the own your own people in the tribe and putting them in the pot. Hundred well, percent. I called my brother the day after the insurrection, or maybe it was the day of the insurrection, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, did you see what happened? And yeah. he was like, uh, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "At our nation's capital, like, uh, did you see what happened today?" And he was like, "Oh, I heard a little bit about it," and like, he was so uninterested in it. That yeah. I was just like, I, I had to hang up. I was like, all right, I'll talk to you tomorrow, brother. And well, I called him like a week later. And I was like, did you see what happened now? Like, have you investigated more and looked at right. more of what happened? And he was at like, first Fox News wasn't covering it. Right, right. So uh, he was like, yeah, I mean, I have. He was like, it wasn't it wasn't great. But I mean, what are you supposed to do? If someone is actually stealing an election, like, what do we do? And I was like, if you believe that the election was stolen, even if you believe that, not fucking that, you don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, uh, there's there's things, channels we have to go through. Of course. I am so sick of hearing that the election was stolen, the biggest fraud in history, but no one can find any proof at all. No, it happened right in front of our eyes. But no, my brother says constantly greatest cover up ever. Greatest cover up. Show me some evidence. (laughs) No one is that well orchestrated in a cover up that the entire country was in on it and no one's squealing. Steve, greatest cover up ever. It's the greatest cover up ever. What can I say? (laughs) Then why? Then why do Democrats not control every house in every state, every branch of government? Why didn't we just totally take over? Right. Please. We're so genius, but we stopped just shy of total domination. 
we gave ourselves yeah. a split house or all of these states that still have Republican, like just left ourselves with plenty of roadblocks to get over. I've got a, <laughs> I uh, I, I, we got a caller, Trump caller calling in here to give his two cents. Uh, I think he wants to comment on what being a Trump supporter is. I'm a stupid moron with an ugly oh. face and a big <laughs> butt and my butt smells and I like to kiss my own butt. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, there's another caller on the line that has some <laughs> great uh, points to make uh, of why Trump is great. Okay, you're on the air. Got to be honest with you, um, because, um, wow, um, because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, just um, hang up on this. The guy. irony is that guy is a Trump supporter. That is literally one of Donald <laughs> yeah. Trump's employees. That was from The Apprentice <laughs> yes. years ago. Yes. Oh. oh yeah. All right. Should we run through a couple of news stories just to yeah. practice? I mean, I know we've been yeah. talking news there. Got, that, that's good politics. You got something? I do actually. All right, go ahead. Now uh, I'm going. Nick to and I will this. vote. Is this news you need? Okay, people okay. out there, we're going to tell you if you should absorb this or not. So go ahead, Bruce. New moms have known to do all sorts of things with their breast milk. Some not, people. Nope. Stop there. No. <laughs> no, I, I say keep going, Brisky. Sometimes I, the headline I, alone gives it away. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't mean to be so prejudiced. Go ahead. Oh, no, that, that, that's okay. That's all <laughs> no, right. I'm joking. I'm joking. Please, Brisky, keep going. I'm interested. Okay. New moms have been known to do all sorts of things with their breast milk. Some people feed it to their babies. Gasp. Some donate it to other babies in need. Breast milk can also be made into jewelry. And some people like to feed it to their, to their husbands. But did you know that breast milk also has some great benefits for your baby's skin? Mom Brittany shared a, a TikTok video showing how she can make DIY breast milk soap at home. Quote, breast milk is known for being really good for the skin. It helps get rid of baby acne, end quote. Brittany says in the TikTok that has since been viewed 4.4 million times. Wow. I think it's worthy news, dude. No, of course it's not. <laughs> Where the hell are you getting this from? I'm talking about actual news. Hey, oh, I, got this. I don't need people paying so attention bad. to the latest uses for breast milk. I'm trying to get them to pay attention to politics here. That's This is from the New Current York Post. Post. <laughs> That's from the New, New York Post. Post. Yeah. yeah. Is that really news, though? Uh, no. yeah. I, it's news that I'd like to know about. You, I mean, you, do, uh, you, do, you do know that the New York Post is the newspaper in New York City that supports Donald Trump. Is, uh, that's oh, yeah. the biggest Trumpers. That's why I say they're not really news. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, no is okay. my vote. Nick, is that newsworthy? Should people be absorbing that story and doing something with it in their lives? I think the whole story is about absorption. Uh, like, it's, <laughs> you know, so take, do with it what you will. I need a vote. Come on, Simon Cowell. We'll give you a yes or no. Here. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I, are we? You're saying it has to be political news? No, it doesn't have to be. But I'm trying to get people informed, so I'm trying to determine <laughs> which news is actually useful. To I've always life. had but, an infatuation with breast milk, so I'm gonna vote yes on it. I, I, I always said if my wife was pregnant, I would definitely eat her breast milk, and uh, if I could um, make my skin better with it, I probably would. Now, wow. I, I, I do, I, I, I did work on a morning show for a short time here in Boston where they had a guy on the show that was a stunt guy that they called brain damage. And he was one of the host's brother. And they actually had a woman come in and pump breast milk and put it in a cup for him to drink live on yeah. the air. No strangers, dude. I don't want any stranger. I, it's, it's, it's only my wife. <laughs> Getting some ready for you. So we got yes, no. Uh, okay, so I guess that's a split vote. I think the audience can probably figure that one out for themselves. <laughs> uh, 
trying to All educate right. people here. All right, here's the headline on Huffington okay. Post right now. You tell me if this is news you need to know. And I might be slightly biased for where I live, but one of the longest, hottest heat waves in California history continues to beleaguer the state, shattering temperature records and straining an already overwhelmed power grid. I believe we hit a high in Death Valley, which is obviously an extreme example, but it was 127. Uh, but even like Sacramento today was 117 degrees. Woo. Thanks uh, a lot, Biden. <laughs> you know, the forest fires this season, I actually will say, were less than last year. And so every year, I mean, I got I got evacuated last year for one of the fires that literally came through my town. This new yeah. house I'm living in, uh, on the front porch, you can see the burn scar. And I'm not talking in the distance. Like, it's um, 100 yards away. I mean, yeah. so wow. I get affected by the shit in California. But should people care that it's getting hot and that fires are, uh, you know, starting to get a little out of control? That there's an actual fire season? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, they should. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They should care. It has to do with so much more that's going on, dude, that we need to be able to pay attention to and what's going on. And especially with your lovely state of California, where we see uh, uh, changes being proposed about uh, uh, fossil fuel cars and, and electric cars. Everything is going to be electric by a certain point in time. Supposedly, yeah. they've not made good on their word every time, but it sounds like. Well, he said a date. Yeah, he set the date, but they have not always met the dates that they've set true, true, that true. kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. But I got to say, when uh, when uh, Gavin set the date, uh, Jay Inslee in Washington said, we're going to follow suit with California. Yes. And this is a and, point I was just about to make that I am sick of the California bashing because we are one of, if not the coolest, most progressive states. We have an economy that rivals every other country on the planet. Yeah. America without California's economy would be in a shithole. Yeah. And California has this unique power where we can set rules in California and the rest of you almost have to follow because like for cars, for example, if we tell Ford, you don't get to sell cars in California unless they meet emission standards or electric they can't lose all of California. So they're just going to change cars for all 50 states. Same with textbooks. 100%. Yeah. If you can't sell textbooks in California because you took out dinosaurs, your company's going to be screwed. So I kind of love that California can somewhat bully the rest of the states because we have the power and nine times out of 10, we're right. Not everything about California. We're way overtaxed. You know, we have a $97 billion surplus. That tells me you're taxing us all a little bit too much. Yes. Billion, yes. Not, not million, billion. So yeah. California's not right on everything, but it's a phenomenal state. And I, growing up in the Midwest, always thought that California was the place to be. And I'm, I don't care if I'm overtaxed. I'm proud to live in California. I'm proud to be surrounded by liberals and progressives and the tech industry and Hollywood and beautiful cities and mountains and all that kind of stuff. So you're paying that price, dude, for the uh, environment yeah. you want to be in and everything else. I yeah. say kudos. My brother always talks about that, not to keep bringing him up, but uh, with Washington, you know, the prices of homes and stuff like that in Seattle and the taxes here and, uh, you know, everything. He was like, you know, why don't you just move out of there? I'm like, no, I, I don't want to. I, I like where I live as far as my environment. Right. Most yes. people are liberal. Most people, you know, the eastern yeah. side of the state's a little red, but uh, I like where I, I'll pay a little extra. Right. <laughs> people didn't move to California because they're like, I want to pay high taxes. They're like, I want to live in a beautiful state that has beaches and mountains and all of these industries and jobs and farming and everything else. So, yeah, I, I hear you. 
Oh, yep, go. story worth a story worth uh, knowing for sure, and that's uh, you guys do have a water shortage coming. I mean, uh, yeah. I think uh, the Missouri River, I think, is getting ready to shut off. Uh, there, I don't know if that's the right river or not, but we're having water issues all over Colorado. The Colorado River is getting ready to shut off its water to you that they're giving to you and Probably southern uh, california screw those guys <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean it's no, but uh, what happens here problems. will happen everywhere is my point whether it's climate change or yeah. uh, you know uh, automotive well, industry stuff so you should all be paying attention because it's coming your way well you know it, it to that point about the water shortage um have you gentlemen seen the story about the saudi hay farm in arizona that's uh, using up uh a large portion of the water meant for Phoenix. No, for hay. What did you say it was for? Yeah, it's for it's for hay. There's a Saudi there's a Saudi dairy company that actually is growing hay in Arizona, and they are they paid the state of Arizona twenty five dollars an acre, and they get to use all the groundwater that they want to. Now oh, this, wow. this 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 and most of that groundwater is supposed to go to Phoenix. Sure. And the thing about it is, is, is you had Jan Brewer, who was the governor of Arizona, and now Doug Ducey, two Republicans, yeah. and neither one of them are, are admitting that they were the ones that um, allowed yeah. the Saudis to get such a sweetheart deal. And people in, Ar- in Arizona um, are um, waking up. Oh, they're they're mad. Well, and listen, yeah, we, so we have a similar issue in California where there are a lot of the bottled water that everyone has around the country. Nestle. Yeah, if you read the fine print, it's bottled from a municipal source, which means it's tap water. And a lot of those sources are in California. So there's a whole like, you're telling me we're entering a drought, but you're letting Nestle, you know, bottle water. This is where, you know, uh, the free market versus government oversight has to step in. If you let the free market run wild, it is like a river. It will just flood communities. You need government to come in there and set up dams and levees and all that. So I think I think it's appropriate to look at Gavin Newsom or Brewer or whoever in Arizona and say, like, yeah, I get the free market and the Saudis are paying good money for it. But you got to look at the greater good, too. Actually, the Saudis are paying twenty five dollars an acre when technically what they should be paying is one hundred twenty five dollars an acre. Oh, so whose kid do they have in a trunk somewhere? How are they getting that crap? Uh, well, I mean, talk to the land, the land commissioner in Arizona who won't get back to mm-hmm. the PBS aff- affiliate or local news companies uh, there. Uh, her name is Kimberly Atkins, and she is not returning anybody's emails or phone calls. Uh, and she was the land commissioner uh, when Jan Brewer was the governor and also now that Doug Ducey is the governor. And she's not returning. And she's like. They're putting up these little press releases saying, oh, we're working on it. We're working on it. Meanwhile, all this hay is getting grown. And then what happens is it gets sent to Saudi Arabia to feed their cows for them to have dairy milk. Yeah. Yeah, that's all messed up. So these are good examples. We've spanned from breast milk to water shortages and uh, news you should know or not know. So I believe we're all on board for California's drought. Uh, Let me do one last article here. Again, I'm looking at the Huffington Post, which I I like uh, because they cover a wide variety. They cover politics and news, but they get into human interest and culture and all that stuff, too. So Uh, so here's an article. You tell me if uh, this is something people need to be absorbing or not. Uh, The headline is uh, Harry Styles did not spit on Chris Pine. As Don't Worry, Darling continues its beleaguered rollout. Second time I've used the word beleaguered in two articles. That's weird. Uh, Actor Chris Pine is attempting to put allegations of a saliva-filled altercation with co-star Harry Styles behind him. 
The two inadvertently sent social media into overdrive Monday. After attending the movie's premiere at the 2022 Venice Film Festival in Italy, video footage taken ahead of the screening appeared to show Styles spitting on Chris Pine before taking his seat inside the theater. Representatives have denied it. And what is uh, Chris Pine saying? He's saying he didn't do it. Uh, both camps are, uh, uh, I guess, denying the whole thing. Uh, so uh, a representative for Pine dismissed the claim, said that it is a ridiculous story, a complete fabrication, and the result of an odd online illusion that is clearly deceiving and allows for foolish speculation. Is Sounds- this newsworthy, gentlemen? It's on a major news site. It's not newsworthy, dude. It's no. not for me. I I would right. filter that one out. Thank but you. Did, did he yes. spit in one direction or two directions? Ah! Ah! Little boy band humor, everyone. Hey, listen, I, I, I point that story out to show you that not everything on your news site is, in fact, newsworthy. So the vocal minority is here to discern for you, to guide you in the right direction. We're like a baby bird mommy. We chew the food and spit it into your mouth. That's what we're doing with the news. <laughs> Only so. giving you the nutrients. Exactly. Uh, let yeah. me ask you this question. All right. Uh, yes. Before we go. Yes. Uh, I've been seeing this fad on uh, TikTok a lot. And, uh, this is, you don't watch TikTok unless your son sends it to you. Is that the pretty truth? much? Yeah. I, I know I need to get on there for us now, but no, unless my son or you oddly are the two people that send me TikTok videos. Do you watch TikTok at all, Brewski? Not at all. You don't? That surprises me. You refuse nope. to. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, I'm just, I, I just Why? hear uh, all the stories about, all the data that 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 particular app steals from you and mm-hmm. and who who actually runs that app and fair enough fair enough you know that and so i'm just a little leery of it you know all right okay. tiktok is loaded with by the these... way everyone has your data and goes everywhere in the world but that's okay. yes that's right that's uh, <laughs> my my sister and her uh, husband president 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 g gets my data every day oh he's reading your tweets constantly don't worry about it I'm sure, dude. He's getting everyone's got <laughs> access to what they need. Yeah, my and not just because he's a fan of the show. Would not let me get her Alexa. She was like, "I'm not going to do that. I don't want someone knowing all about me all the time." I'm like, "They listen to you. Your by cell the way. phone is right there all the time on you." Like, listen, gentlemen. One of the topics I got lined up here is: to what extent does your phone really spy on you? We know it does, but I want to know the real extent. Is Siri listening to us right now? I don't know. Everyone says they are. And obviously, if I say, hey, Siri, she's listening. But I want to know the real answer. So we're going to get to that on a future show. But Amazon did admit that they, that they do it. They did. Know, There's but, a class action lawsuit. But but uh, they're harvesting that data and keeping the But is someone sitting there listening to your conversations? Yes. Really? Yeah, yes. I got to know. I got to talk to an expert on that. I don't have any. And I want that job at Amazon, by the way. That'd be fun. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you would I, be going through a lot of boring boring shit well i i worked at verizon for a little while that was one of the sites where that i worked where i worked for my um this is good and i had to pass this room where they had to filter the videos that 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 they allowed on the thing and um uh, let's just say that there's a warning before you enter that that door uh, into that room that there was going to be possibly nudity violence blood you know everything like domestic that. violence all that shit yeah and 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 on top of that they actually had counselors that ever at the end of the week when you worked in that job and you filtered those videos you had to you had to go in for a counseling session for two hours every yeah. okay now if you if you have to go to a counseling session after work 
for a week, every single week, that's not a job that that you that's really worth it. I don't think. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're a true not. voyeur, then it's your ultimate job, I guess. But, I yes. guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's my deal, dude. On yes. TikTok, there are all these different people that have been made TikTok famous from going to homeless people and walking up to them and recording them and being like, "Hey, man, what's your name?" Oh, I'm Arnie. Like, yeah. uh, hey, is there anything I can get for you today that'd make your day a little better? Or, you know, hey, I got $500 to bless you with or whatever. You know, it's like helping homeless people in bad situations. Okay. My question is, I've always questioned the thought of, well, you're recording all of this and it doesn't seem like that's very genuine, right? Like, shouldn't you be doing something good? You know, when I was a Catholic growing up in church, like, you don't talk about the fact that you pray. Like, you do it silently because right. you're doing it for the right reason, right? So, yeah. so no, yeah. They're spending that $500 on the homeless guy so they can rack up views on TikTok and make, you know, hundreds of thousands in endorsements and clickbaits and all that stuff. A hundred percent. And I, and you know what? They, I mean, they're winning because I usually we're watch seeing them. them. Yeah. So, but my question is, are they doing more good than harm? Doing more good than harm? Well, I mean, they're doing good for that one individual that they're ultimately exploiting, which he or she will probably be unaware of. So I guess that person benefits from it. But not and, the homeless population as a whole. No, I mean, not, unless they're I mean, inspiring other people to go do that. And I can't imagine question. in masses Is it that inspiring? they are. Mm. Mm. When's the I last time either of you is, you know, walked up to a homeless person and just said, hey, here's 20 bucks. I want your day to be better. Yeah, no, never. You know my theory. Homeless people are jerks. Otherwise, they'd have a friend's house to go stay at. Well, I got was... to test that theory myself a few months ago. That was my question. Or a few dude, weeks at ago. The end of all of this, the, <laughs> the head of my article says, let's rejoin the harness theory that all homeless people are assholes and yeah. wonder, do you feel any different about that? Yeah, oh. I do have a theory that homeless people must be jerks because when they are first homeless, why do they not have a friend that will take them in? You, you scratch on my couch for a month while you go get a job or get counseling or whatever. Now, right. obviously, some people are mental health and drug addicts. I get it, but there is some truth to that. And literally a month ago, I was homeless and, you know, people reached out and were there to help me. So uh, I stand by my theory for the most part, but to answer your question as to whether that bit is doing more harm than good. Well, that's a tough one. Like I said, if they're inspiring people, but I don't see an epidemic of that going on. And that one person benefited the homeless person from getting that cash, but no, ultimately these are, I don't know, people glorifying somebody's hurt and misery so they can become TikTok famous. Yes. So it's, I would yes. imagine it's doing more harm than good. I've been I talking agree. to my son about this with us going online and trying to start this podcast up that we're going to be sincere about it. If I piss somebody off by saying homeless people are jerks, well, that's a you know sincere philosophy I have. So I'll defend it. But I'm not just going to go on here and be a, you know, be a Sean Hannity and just be shocking for sake of shocking because that's not genuine. And then I'm just right. being a douchebag exploiting people that buy into it. Right. And that's 100%. definitely doing more harm than good. Yeah. No, we've seen that, especially over the last, you know, five years, six years. So, yeah. Having said that, find the vocal minority on TikTok because we're going to have a great new channel on there. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> we're, we're not going to exploit anyone. Just ourselves, you know. Yeah. So that's fair. Exactly. So, all right. Everyone have their deep thoughts and questions answered. Yeah. Anything else, Bruski? You got anything else going on? Hey, well, just by the way, uh, you said during that whole dating segment that you're not online dating right now. No, I am. 
All right. When's what was the last date and how did it go? I haven't been on a date in a long time. I mean, I've, I've chatted with ladies. Are you just on... fishing out there, hoping for something no. that looks good or what? No, I, I, this I hasn't I've... been working out. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I, I've been, the problem is, is that sometimes people flake out on you. They leave, yeah. you know, mm. and maybe I'm just not moving fast enough for some people, for some yeah. ladies. Um, I did have one lady who wanted to meet me, but she was all into that polyamory bullshit and, and, and her, her yeah, her, I looked up that sapiosexual crap. You're attracted to intelligence. Oh, and that's bullshit. So it, you're telling it, me if Brad Pitt was a flaming moron, you wouldn't want to go on a date with him or vice versa. If or, some yeah. just short, fat, sweaty guy was super smart, you'd be banging him, huh? Well, that, that and demisexual, when they say they're demisexual, yeah. you know what that is? That means no. that they have. They're into Demi more is what that means. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exclusively. Exactly. Like uh, no, but what, what they mean is, is that, and the, they have to uh, develop a, a, a really strong bond with you before that they, they, they enter any, any intimacy with you. Uh, yeah. And it's just, it's just, just say that, that, you know, you don't want to give it up anytime soon. Just say or that. just, yeah, you want to get to know someone before you give it up. Oh, if, no, no, if no, that's no. Demisexual. Then... No, 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 no. Demisexual basically means like, like 10 plus dates we really gotta like get to know each other soup to nuts and everything i've talked to demisexual women or what they call themselves demisexual and it honestly is like 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 you might get a kiss but it's like a little like kiss on the lips peck that's it yeah what is that is that uh is that extreme to you i, don't, I think i probably went on rachel with 10 dates before i had sex with her Okay, I was just going to say, on some level, that's just some people. That's just normal dating. You want to get to know them and take it slowly, but I okay. guess it has a name now. But no, de but demisexual is it gets really, really deep. Where like they they will tell you how they have to be emotionally connected to you. Yeah, but not, that's not fair. <laughs> I want to be emotionally connected too. Yeah. No, it's, listen, I, guess... I should not have to Google what you are before I reply to you. When you well, put it, your demi semo say whatever sapi sexual thing, like I, let me go Google that and find what's out. What's it called, Brewski? Spell it for me because I'm an idiot. D E M I sexual. Give us the Google definition from the what urban dictionary or something. I don't know. All right, here we go. It's opening now. No, I don't want to sign in. All right, I've got one for you. Ready? It says a person who is a demisexual experiences a sexual attraction only when they feel a true emotional bond with another person. For instance, they may not feel sexually attracted to a person they randomly see at a coffee shop. But if they start talking to that person and form an emotional connection, they might become sexually attracted over time. Isn't that what we were talking about earlier? That somebody 100%. may not be your, your, your you know your type but then you start talking to them and you realize hey man, there is a connection here i don't think uh that here's the thing dude i, don't I guess think you can you, call it whatever <laughs> you can't be uh i don't think you can be a demisexual exclusively because there's obviously people that you might be able to get to know and find an attraction through them but there's also people that you just look at and you're like holy shit you know, that, uh, that to me, me, that is what it is. I have always said that that attraction has to be the first step. How could it be anything else? You're just going to go talk to some stranger you're not attracted to and pick their brain and then hope you're going to find something about them you like. Like that's that's what that's what demisexual basically is, is that for them, they can't feel any visceral 
sexual attraction to you until they yeah. get to know you and form that emotional bond. I don't so buy it as a real thing, dude. I don't, I don't exactly. Buy it. If I hold up a picture of Brad Pitt and Eugene Levy, you're telling me you can't tell me which one is more attractive. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously. Yeah. You're, yeah. I'm not making yeah. you defend it to me more sexually no, 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 in the no. world, but I'm just so, saying, like, I, I don't buy it. Yeah, and I, and I don't buy the polyamory bullshit because I don't think that you can love more than one person the same way. I think that that there's always going to be, and but they even say that they have their primary and they have secondary partners. Okay, well, we call that a cult, dude. That's what right. we used to call that. But but if, but if I'm your secondary partner, that means that you love this other person more than you love me. Right. So you can't say it's all equal. Just yeah. call yourself a swinger and be done with that. Yes, but I they don't like that. that. They don't like uh, that. So anyway, you, this, so this are, chick, this chick wanted me to, to wanted to me to have a Zoom date with uh, her, not Zoom date, a Zoom meeting with this guy that she, uh, that was her primary, who lives in Florida. <laughs> really? Well, for, well, first of all, first of all, she says to me, "Well, do I?" Because my car was in the shop at the time. My my um my uh, well, both my cars were uh, inoperable. And um, and so she was like, do I have to come to Malden to pick you up if we're going to see each other? And I'm like, no, I'm just waiting for my car to get back. And, and that's a, one of my cars was going in the body shop. The other one, I hit a pothole and I did some damage to it and, and that sort of thing, right? And so she's all hot and horny to, to like get together and meet me. Like not, not sex-wise, just meet me. And then all of a sudden, I agreed that we're going to meet on a certain day. And then she says, oh, by the way, uh, you know, what I'm going to need for you to do is I need for you to have, you know, a Zoom meeting with uh, my my sweetie in Florida. And then maybe I can I can see you some other time. And then and then she's like, TTYL. I'm like, well, run. what? What, what? Oh, I did. And I just <laughs> said, I just I just said, like, hey, look, you know what? Had a great conversation with you. It's been Dude, a lot of yeah. fun, but I agree you with know, you. These you are never more than I would have. These are fancy ways of saying either I'm a swinger or I'm a prude or I just want to get to know you before I bang you. Like everyone is overly compartmentalized everything they are. But uh, oh yeah, this is the fun world we're living in, Nick. Yeah, right. you oh, get to hey. live vicariously through us now. Yeah, that's quite something, dude. I'm you know, here what, for it. What what when I I was in New York City one time with Jen, we're on the bus. Speaking of living vicariously through someone. And we heard this girl on her cell phone sitting in front of us talking about her sister and how her sister was doing all these great things and was going out to the Hamptons. And she said this, she's like, I don't get to do all that stuff. So I have to live by curiously through her. By curiously. Yes. She meant vicariously, but she said by curiously. Jed and I are sitting, sitting behind her trying not to laugh. We got off the next stop and we got off the bus and we just lost it. Just lost dying it. laughing. That's funny. Yeah. And it's all good commentary on the human race. So there yeah. you go. Another fine moment brought to you by the vocal minority. Indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, audience. Uh, we still have not lost the gift of gab. We're uh, over three hours. <laughs> so we should probably wrap this, uh, this episode up. Find us on social media. I assume we're all over it by the time you hear this. Yep. So, uh, and uh, check out our website that will be there by the time you hear this we already have a name picked out do we i don't know yeah. if we settled on anything i just i just want to have I just like two domains one. right now what's I, our website 
I bought well, I bought the I bought one too. Right. So what are we what'd you buy? What'd you buy? You tell me I first. I bought the vocalminority.net because our old dot com some asshole yeah. sat on and is trying to charge us 20 grand to buy it back from them, which we're not doing. So no. we'll hold on to that. So the vocalminority.net or what was yours? Uh, vocalminoritypodcast.com was that no one? the vocalminorityshow.com. Oh, see, that's oh. a good one too. Here's the thing. We'll probably just keep them both and send them to the same website. So the vocalminority.net, the vocalminorityshow.com. Google it, find us, share us, listen to us. Otherwise, we're just talking to ourselves, and that makes us insane. So yes, a little bit. All right. All right, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we need like some you, sort you know. of show close or something. Some sort of song. I don't know. Okay, that could work, I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Walk us on out. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. We'll be back Bye. for the next episode. Peace. Oh, there you go. This is our dead people song. I don't want to do that one. <laughs> Here we go. I think this this is a good good outro for the the friendship that we all share. You want to know what's funny? I know every line to that theme song. I haven't seen that show since like 1980 or something. Can, can Thank you for being a friend. Travel can around we, the world and back again. Can Why we don't you hard true? You're a pal and a confidant. And can, if you threw we, a party, invited everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be for me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. What's the second verse? No, Is right. that the whole song? No. Is there no. A no, it's the, only a forty-second the, theme song. How, how many verses are well, there? Well, because the, the the original song actually was <laughs> done by Andrew Gold, and <laughs> oh then in the seventies, yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. Well, well we are full of knowledge here on the Vocal Minority. Some of it useful, and most of it not. But well, hopefully, it's entertaining. You got work to do before the next episode, Harness. <laughs> I want you to go look that up. All right, champion. You guys All are right. champions. You watching and listening are champions. Thank you. We'll be back uh, some other day, I assume. Yes, sooner than yes. later. Peace. <laughs> Peace. This is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. <laughs>